If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This week in PlayStation, we're talking about what we think of PlayStation Plus 2022, PlayStation skipping Gamescom, what we want in Ghost of Tsushima 2, and oh, so much more. Well, this and so much more, because this is PS I Love You XOXO. Welcome to the show, everybody. That's Blessing. That's Janet. I'm Greg, and you can get this show on Patreon.com slash KindOfFunnyGames. There you can watch us record it live, get it ad-free, and get the weekly post show. If you have no bucks to toss our way, support us on the Epic Game Store, Fortnite, Rocket League, and more with the creator code KindOfFunny. You can get PSI Love You XOXO for free with ads and without the post show over on YouTube.com slash KindOfFunnyGames, Rooster Teeth, and podcast services around the globe thank you to our patreon producers gordon mcguire fargo brady tyler ross delaney twinning first responder nd olive party from the kf community discord julian the gluten-free gamer alex j sandoval casey andrew james hastings they were brought to you by uplift but let's start with a psn message from you janet blessing and on the ones and two roger pokorny the question is from the one the only joseph carlson who says what do the PSI love you XOXO hosts think of PS plus 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 and the tiers. Is it worth it at launch? Roller skating, game playing, marathon running, Janet Garcia. Is PlayStation Plus Premium worth it at launch? Yes, but only if you are going to take advantage of it. You gotta you gotta know yourself because Ultimately, I think, you know, especially if we're talking premium, which is the highest tier that gives you access to things like, you know, the um, timed demos and the sort of retro collection. If that collection is something that appeals to you and you're like, yeah, I want to go back in, I want to dig in. And or also if you're just someone who's like, I don't want to have to think about it. And throughout the year, like I want to kind of just be there from day one. I think it's a solid experience. Like, I don't think you'd get it and be like, oh my God, this wasn't at all what I was expecting. I'm so let down by it. Like, I think it's now very much a known quantity, especially because before you sign up, you can see, I think, the entirety of like the games lists and things. Sure. So yeah, but you got to be honest with yourself about it, especially for that premium tier, because it's for a very specific subset of the audience, because it is that that retro offering that admittedly, which I'm sure we'll get to, you know, it's it's a vibe, but it's like, a certain kind of vibe. I don't think it's something everyone needs to experience. Um, I think that extra tier is a lot more appealing because of stuff like Stray and all that. So that one's an easier sell. Premium, I kind of got to get to know you more. I wouldn't say everyone should go to premium, but I I felt that way even before I launched. Blessing out of you, Jr. Is PlayStation Plus Premium worth it at launch? I tend to agree with Janet. I think premium is probably the weakest of the bunch. You know, I think the classic games catalog isn't there, at least as of now. When I go through extra, extra, extra is where it's at. 
you know, Extra has Spider-Man Miles Morales, it has Valhalla, it has Demon Souls, it has NBA 2K22. Like the selection for for Extra, I think, has where you are gonna get like the Game Pass comparisons in terms of, oh shit, okay, the library is here, and also you're gonna get day and date stuff. Like I think Stray is a good one to shout out. Is like, oh, this game is coming out day and day on PlayStation Extra. I think that's gonna be gonna be worth the price of entry. But I think premium is where where things get weird because it is still just PlayStation now. Like that's the one where I I find it hard to recommend that one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Greg Miller. I think you know we talked about this ahead of time. We were very much like, oh, it's coming up, and like, why? You know, you think it's gonna be underwhelming? And we were all like, we think it's gonna be, we're gonna be whelmed. And you know, after a week plus now with it, right? That's I guess yeah, almost two weeks now with it. That's what I feel. A week right? plus. Yeah, like that's where I'm at, right? Where it's like, cool. It was there was the novelty of day one of me, you know, jumping into Siphon Filter and then playing some Siren and I was streaming Puppeteer and I was like, yeah, I'm using it. This is cool. And I have not been motivated to play any of those games again, right? Siphon Filter did not age well, <laughs> as we all expected, I think, <laughs> or knew at the time, yeah. even maybe. And like Siren is interesting and cool, but it's it's an old game, but it's clunky. I'd never played it before. So I was a you know, horror fan. I was like, oh, this seems neat. And I want to see a little bit about this. And Puppeteer, I had the same reaction to as when I originally played it. I was like, oh, this is cute. I'm not in the mood for it. I'll get back to it another time, which means I'll ne- it'll be another decade, another 10 You're years. You're not in the mood for Puppeteer. I'm always nah. in the mood for Puppeteer. Nah, it just but didn't, Puppeteer. It I feel like it's a little bit of a weaker because it's a stream only game. Mm-hmm. And I find I have a couple connection issues with Puppeteer pretty consistently. Like Puppeteer feels off to me when I oh, try yeah, to stream right? it. Mm-hmm. I thought that way with Brink. But that's also the thing of is it is it PlayStation now? Like, is it the streaming or is it just Brink didn't feel good to play in the first place? Because Brink was not a good game when it came out. Right. And like PS3 shooters, I feel like you go back and there's like, oh, there's a weird like I had the same thing with Far Cry 3. Like I, I jumped I jumped into Par- Far Cry 3 on PS3 through streaming through the new PlayStation Plus Plus Plus. And it just didn't feel right. Right. Like it was good for the nostalgia of it. It was good for, oh, yeah, like this game exists. And I love this game back in the day. But actually getting my hands on it, I was like, man, why would I play Far Cry 3 through streaming when I can just play Far Cry 5 or Far Cry 6 on a modern console? I did find the streaming to be pretty solid, though. Um, it was actually kind of better than my first experience with PS Now back when we did that review. I don't know if that's because I like I did do some of that <laughs> review while streaming, like streaming me streaming, which is like very taxing on my Internet. Yeah. Um, so maybe that was part of it. But I just felt like overall it ran like I didn't have too many complaints about the the streaming element other than the fear of like whenever anything's happening, you're like, is that the stream is that me is that something else but i thought it ran like really smoothly like i did uh the devil may cry collection streaming and it felt it's the, the connectivity of that felt fine <laughs> um there are other things that may felt a little weirder um that i was expecting i'm like oh this is very like the this has that re- that resident evil camera work you know i'm like this is a lot <laughs> um but yeah it's been it's been a vibe you know i saw this morning uh jordan midler from uh video games uh chronicle, chronicle. from vgc news yeah uh, put out a tweet that said a wee morning off to play a few minutes of some terrible PS1 games and never touch them again with like a like a like a gif of um, God, what's the name of the dude that plays Batman? Michael Keaton. No. Christopher Nolan. Ba- ba- yeah. No, Batman. Batman Christopher, Christopher Nolan. <laughs> 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 no. I knew it was wrong as I said it, but I was like, they're going to know. Christian what I'm Bale, right? About. Christian Bale. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So it's like Christian Bale being like, yeah, like that's a gif. And that's like 3000% the PlayStation premium experience. It's for like sure. we're you're here for the vibes. You're here for the morbid curiosity. You're here for like 
that you know, and occasionally you are here maybe for the the quality of the games because I think there are like good games in that classic catalog. Sure. You know, like Jack and Dexter's though? in there. Jack and Dexter's a good game. That game's that game. Well, that's it's hits. like one of few, right? Like I'm looking at the PSP, PlayStation One, and PS2 catalog right now, and if I wanted to, I could sit here and name all of them because there's not many. I think when you they get put into Bioshock PS- in there. Well, so when, that's, that's, when you get into PS3, that's when you get into more of the breadth, yeah. right? But when you're talking about the PSP, PlayStation, Ooh. PS2, it is Jack 3, Jack 2, Dark Cloud, Ape Escape, Rogue Galaxy, Wild Arms 3, uh, uh, Star Wars Race for Revenge, Red Faction, Primal, Fantavision, uh, more Jack and Daxter games, Rise of Kasai, Mar- the Mark of Cry, Mark of Kree, Mark of Kree, Kree. War, War of the, Mo- is that like a Marvel thing? Like Kree from Marvel? Uh, War of the Monsters, Red Faction 2, Star Wars, uh, Jedi Starfighter, and that's like half of them, right? I can like keep going. There's Toy Jack Story and Dexter 2. is carrying this catalog. Tekken Daxter is carrying the catalog. Like Tekken 2 is, is on here, and I, I enjoyed some of my time with, with Tekken 2. And then you have Resident Evil Director's Cut, Wild Arms, Ape Escape, and then like a few, Siphon Filter, like Greg Dark said, Jumping Flash. Dark Cloud, yeah, I mentioned that before, Oddworld. Like, there's like a handful of, okay, like these are also, cool games, but like, there's way better games to yeah. to pull from from the PlayStation, PSP, and PS2 library than the ones that are available in the catalog. And I feel like that's why the catalog feels so weak on the premium. Yeah. Side. Yeah, I agree with that. I think there's, um, and obviously there's like other challenges in terms of getting these things on the service that go beyond like the desire to have them on the service. But I think from like a casual level, like if we wrote out a list of what we would want, it would be a lot stronger than the library we have. And again, that is, that's not to say that oh, they just didn't make it good because they wanted it to be bad or they wanted to, like, necessarily... And part of that maybe is withholding for having a a rollout that's exciting, right? If you kind of put everything up at once, it's like, all right, we're done. Um, But, yeah, it's not like... Yeah, you people coming back, right? Exactly. It's not, like, an amazing sell as is. And admittedly, you probably already played Jack and Daxter. Like, you you know know what I mean? Like, if you're going hard for Jack and Daxter, you probably already played it. Um, I have been playing Dark Cloud, though, Bless, so that I could further understand you. And... I am actually really enjoying it. I only played like it's a I don't great know, maybe, game. Maybe like an hour or two, and probably not two hours. I played a little bit of it. Um, I finally got to the part that I got stuck in as a kid, as a kid too, which is the beginning of the game. And I realize now why I didn't understand what to do. And I don't know if this is because all like all games of that era were like that. If this this is like a PlayStation thing because I had first started on Nintendo, I don't know what it was. But I noticed this in a couple games um, from like back in the day. They don't always prompt you when you can do something like you'll walk up to a door or a chest and there's mm-hmm. no button prompt it's like oh you don't know to press x just you know you just gotta know and that's what happened like because you get in that empty you village press x everywhere you're just walking yes. places, you get to an empty village happens. and what they want you to do because they tell you you need a key for the gate so you have to find the key you have to go into your house to do that i didn't know like how to go any I was like, how do i go anywhere like i'm walking along the, all the edges and i couldn't figure it out so I just didn't finish the game. But funnily enough, when I when I got there, I was like, this is the part. And then I was like, damn, am I stuck again? I'm 28 years old. Like this has to and then I, you know, I figured out that okay, you hit exit, just Dark open the door, it's fine. It, it, like again, that era was so wild because Dark Cloud also has a thing where um there's a mechanic in there where when you're doing the dungeon crawling, there's like a thirst meter. So if you run out of water <laughs> or whatever, you'll die. Um and uh, is it the thirst or is it the there's also weapon degradation, and if you have like <laughs> A th- like a thing you can fix your weapons i forget which one of those it was but like one of those is hidden in like the original uh building you start off in like the mayor's office like if you go into a mm. corner of the mayor's office and press x you like get more of the i think it's called weapon powder you get weapon powder to fix your weapon and like it's free up until a certain point where they actually have somebody that sells the stuff but before they have that person they just keep that stuff there but they don't tell you like they have they have it there as a help for like hey new players here's the thing that you can get but they never tell you about it. So the only reason I knew about it was because I, I looked online. 
I was dead though playing this game and like that has the town building and the dungeon crawling and the weapon degradation and it had like something else in it. I think it was, like just you know like just the keys and the structure. I was like this is I like texted you. I'm like this is Breath of the Wild. <laughs> like basically, dope. like and it has a lot of cool mechanics in it. Funny enough, there's uh, an indie game coming out, Cult of the Lamb. It's one that I think probably all of us here mm -hmm. are looking forward to, right? Devolver sure. Digital game. And I tweeted, I, I went back and forth on Twitter with Andy because I tweeted about, about how dope that game is. I have the preview build and I was playing a, a little bit. And Andy was like, yeah, dude, I checked out the demo. This game is dope as hell. And I was like, dude, this game is exactly what I've been asking for for a Dark Cloud game. Because, like, if you remember, like, when I talk about Dark Cloud, I usually talk about it in the sense of this would work so well as a modern game just in the sense of it is the town building from Animal Crossing. It is the roguelite dungeon crawling from a game like Hades or other roguelites that people like nowadays. And it has, like, the charm of something like a Zelda, right? Like, it is that kind of game. And playing Cult of the Lamb, Cult of the Lamb has all those elements. Like, I, I didn't realize how much of a town builder Cult of the Lamb was until I started playing the preview build. And I was like, oh, shit. The loop of the game is literally you go out into these roguelite dungeon areas. You get into boss fights you get into combat encounters you um you collect you essentially like free um characters who are being sacrificed or whatever who then return to your village and then you make them part of your cult and you are maintaining you're, you're maintaining your cult you're building churches you're building structures you're doing all the town building the elements and i'm like they made a, a modern version of a dark cloud yeah they listened to me i'm like dude i'm excited for this game now and so shout out to Dark Cloud for like really, really innovating. Yeah, in way ahead of his time. I remember playing Dark Cloud uh, on PS2 and being like, holy shit. Yeah, I, was, nice. I, I, I never finished it either. I forget why I stopped, but I remember being like, what? This is such a weird mashup of different things. It's, a, it was, it's such a good game. But like coming back to the catalog, on, another thing I want to shout out, or not even shout out, call out actually about the PlayStation Plus Premium catalog is, you know, I read through all the PS2, PSP, and uh, PS1 games that they have there. To bulk up the catalog, what they've also done is they've included remasters in mm -hmm. PlayStation Plus Premium and not PlayStation Plus Extra. And this is a thing. I'm sad Barrett's not here because Barrett's the one that actually like went on a full rant about this on a kind of funny stream. And like I know it really bugs me. It bugs me too. Um, maybe not as much, but it still bugs me, right? Where I go through. <laughs> and in the PlayStation Plus Premium catalog, as part of a classic selection, you have Last of Us Remastered, a PS4 game, God of War 3 Remastered, a PS4 game, Crisis Remastered, again, a PS4 game. And when I say PS4 game, right, these are the remasters that, that were put out on yeah, PS4. Yeah, it has a skew for PS4. You know? Yeah, like these games were originally uh, PS3 and some of them like mo um, handheld, right? But like you go on, it's Heavy Rain, Metro 2033 Exodus, Serious Sam Collection, Patapon 2, Bioshock Remastered, Darksiders 2 uh, Definitive Edition, right? Uh, you go down the list, Umbrella Core is on here for some reason, uh, Luminous Remastered, Uncharted Nathan Drake Collection. Again, these are all uh, uh, PS4 games. And one of the things that we were going back and forth about like last week uh, when I was talking about Last of Us Part 1 possibly being included in the service, one of the things that Barrow was talking about was that, yo, look at the stuff that they're including in the premium. Like, Barrow was making the argument that, yo, if they're putting out Last of Us Part 1, why wouldn't it be in the premium instead of the, in, in the extra? And I think that comes back to just the, the like, throw all the rules outness of all this like there's no rhyme or reason to it playstation is just like yo we don't have enough stuff to put in premium let's package all this this uh all these definitive editions slash remasters and throw them in there to add a little bit more breadth to the catalog which i feel like is a cheap way to do it i would think that those if they're going to be on the service just include them extra because they are ps4 SKUs. that's the thing that annoys me so slow down and come back to me on this one right i've lost i lost your thread why do you think they should be included on extra instead of premium because they're PS4 SKUs. Okay. Like, these are games that were released on PS4. Um, like, they're remasters and definitive editions of PS3 games and, like, PSP games and stuff. But 
these are all games that came out on PS4. Like yeah, the classics is meant to be like that PSP, PS1, PS2, PS3. But technically, they have PS4 games because they're remasters. Because so, they're the PS3, the, the the whatever they are, yeah, remaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like Gravity that, Rush remastered is, and but like the alternative would be, you wouldn't have. Like I guess I kind of get it because you'd get more access to things and it would fit the theme more if they did it that way. Like I wouldn't be necessarily salty that Gravity Rush remastered was via the extra tier if I'm a premium user because I still get access to that. But the extra people don't get access if they don't have, you know, premium, right? The, like, inverse doesn't, doesn't exactly. apply. And, like, the argument I'd make with it as well is that, you know, you look through uh, PlayStation Plus Extra, and you do have uh, uh, Demon Souls on there, which originally, you know, PS3 game, remastered slash remade by Bluepoint into a PS5 game, that's thrown into Extra, obviously, because PlayStation probably looks at that as a, oh, it's PS5, it's newer, uh, it's probably, you can probably get away with putting this in Extra, it doesn't, mm. make, it doesn't make sense. To put that there but like i feel like the the one the line is blurry two the line yeah. also just doesn't make sense i at least for me in terms of putting in the remastered stuff in there but that's like that's a that's a nitpick, nitpick on my end i feel like it is them for them kind of an excuse to buff up that catalog uh a bit where right if it didn't have that stuff i think the catalog would be really weak especially with the ps3 stuff being streaming only i'm looking through your extras catalog here and how they have it broken up because it's just such a fucking confusing thing especially when the ui we, is wild we i know you jump in you're like trying to figure it all out but like the playstation plus game catalog discover a world of incredible gaming experiences all right and then the classics catalog enjoy past classics from the vault i'm like all right well what what are you doing here how why are you doing this way but yeah i think that's what's interesting about it. i've been reading a lot of stuff and obviously having my own experience with it but like what I've, you know, there was one uh, a video up on Kotaku, not from today, but I watched it today. And the gentleman was going through talking about like, this is awesome. And this is a great value for me because I skipped out. I think he skipped uh, PS3 and PS4 and PS5s, his, you know, his, his, him back in the PlayStation. And he's like, so there's so much to play here. But if you were a hardcore PlayStation person, and that's how I feel we fit into the equation, right? Me for sure, where I go through this and I'm like, Oh man, they have all these great games that I've already played, or probably you know, or owned, like, or whatever. I was 47 when Siphon Filter came out, so <laughs> <laughs> of things I've done before, yeah. So it's just like I think Janet, you know, you're you ring true the most of like if you are on the outside and looking at it, you have to do your homework and go in and see like how much you would actually use this stuff for. And it seems like extra, yeah, is a is is the is the sweet spot. And then I think premium would be that. Hey, you know what? I do want to try this psp playstation 3 whatever you name it a siphon filter from ps1 i do want to try this game that i never did before so maybe you go up for a month to playstation uh plus premium right and then come back down yeah yeah, yeah and that's the, that, that's why i come back on like ps playstation plus extra is where you get the most bang for your buck like that is where you get the the widest catalog and the most stuff that you're more most likely to check out and hopefully the stuff that keeps up to date like imagine by this time uh, this time next year Horizon Forbidden West will probably be on PlayStation Plus Extra, you know, or like maybe even like other PlayStation for like God of War Ragnarok a year or two after that game comes out, I'm sure might make its way to PlayStation Plus Extra. Like, I think that's the kind of support you're looking at for that tier. Um, when I and I, I also hope that PlayStation Plus Premium gets support as well in, in the same way. I hope you see stuff come to that in the way that like for Switch, for the expansion pack, we see stuff come to N64 online and SNES online. Like, I hope that this isn't the how i i hope this isn't what we get 
forever <laughs> on PlayStation Plus Premium just because, like, again, it's really weak. You know, if I look up a list of best PS1 games of all time, like, more than yeah. likely I'm going to name games that are not on this catalog. It is such a, like, if I if I go through right now, actually, right, I, I have a page here from Digital Trends. It is Castlevania Symphony of the, of the Night. I don't think that's on there. Metal Gear Solid, that is not on there. Twist Metal 2, don't think that's on there. Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver, don't believe that's on there. T- like, Tenchu Stealth Assassins. The list goes, like, there's so many PS1 games that I would think would scream playstation one classic include this in uh, as playstation putting this out there include this on your service that are not on the service uh you'd have ape escape and stuff and ape escape i played for the first time and that game is pretty cool i actually had a, a really good time playing ape escape on the service but even on ps2 man like i'm like dude shadow of colossus kingdom hearts like burnout like tony hawk the, the list goes on of games that are just coming to my mind out of nowhere that i know are not on the service that i think would make bangers on so what do you think is actually gonna happen though do you think those get added or do you think that they never come because like i'm with the idea of like you can't put everything out right now right you need to have a reason for people to continue to either resubscribe or like we were talking about go from being in the extra tier and then seeing something they see metal gear solid like oh you know what i do want to pop up for that but then you get into this whole thing of like well is this the definitive library or is this a rotating selection of things coming out of the vault like disney I would think that it would be more of a rotating selection situation. I I don't think it's gonna be as common as monthly. Like my, my my biggest wish would be, oh yeah, with the PlayStation Plus drops, you're also getting a premium game or two every single month. I don't think it's gonna be that. I do think it's gonna be periodically, like when you get state of plays, maybe you know the, the, in the middle of a state of play, it is. And here are the five games coming to PlayStation mm-hmm. Plus Premium, and that's when you can, you're able to get your pops of oh shit, Metal Gear Solid, oh shit, Twisted Metal, like whatever whatever games you're able to pull. Um, but maybe I'll think in that case, probably every few months, maybe quarterly if that okay but if the games are great then i could be down for that you know i think that could be exciting if it is here are three bangers that you're getting this quarter i think that can maybe uh, incite some uh, excitement for it i think i'll probably do the rest of the year you know like full transparency we got the, the uh, i think we all get the three months right from playstation of Correct. Yeah, premium uh, provided by playstation for review so it's like that's cool you know convenient because i was going to do that anyway for the content um i think i'll probably will extend that just for whatever the next year is and then after that i'll reassess just because i don't want to have to think about it or like ever go shoot up for like some specific game um but yeah like it's been fun going back to things one thing i do want to shout out which we talked about probably maybe on ps i love you at one point definitely on games daily as like the things were leaking about the service i do like that they've at least like touched up some elements of the games in terms of having things like a rewind feature or suspended save states um admittedly i don't think i'm gonna hit credits on siphon filter as shocking as that may be i know i'm, I'm blown away um but yeah man that that it, it took, i got better i said i did send you like one of the worst gameplay clips of all time greg i forgot if i sent it to youtube last oh, it was you sent, awful. I, I definitely sent it to you yeah where i was like all right i don't know what's going on here yeah, I, I can find um, it and i can send it over to barrett all right uh, uh Rod. yeah yeah uh barrett too um but, yeah, <laughs> barrett's, like it, barrett's in hawaii he's like why uh, am i getting a siphon filter clip <laughs> i was struggling um abus game i also played a bit of which was fine the controls are like not the controls yeah, are, great are wild, me. and it's, I, I believe, uh, Greg, you're, you were 47 when the game came out. Correct. Ape Escape, was that like a, hey, the DualShock is out, here's yeah, a Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. And you can totally feel it in the design. It's so forced. Like, the face button mapping is, like, super weird. Um, it does have a lot of charm to it. Like, it is fun to catch the apes when they escape. <laughs> but... <laughs> It is like I looked at the hell on a beat. It's like fucking eight plus hours or something. I'm like, I don't think you have eight hours of ideas here for me. I don't think so. Here's my I'm thing. I'm not going to stick around. 
like if you if you if you've listened to me a lot over the years around right podcasts, you know that I I was an N sixty four kid who came into the PlayStation ecosystem at the PS two, and so like PS one games usually it's me like if I if I played a PS one game it was either at a friend's house or I got the game on PS two and played it backwards compatible, so I missed out on quite a bit of the library. If I had Ape Escape in a PS one as a kid growing up. The current version of me would not shut up about, about Ape Escape. I guarantee it. I would talk about Ape, <laughs> I talk about it. I would talk about Ape Escape the way that I talk about DK sixty four or Jet Force Gemini. Because like playing it because you love the, apes. Because I because I love I love these goddamn monkeys running around all over the place. Uh, no, Net. but like. The, the little underwater uh, thing is cute. You get like a uh, little like device. But also like the entire art style is cute. And like the characters are fucking adorable. And like the art, like the colors pop so much. And if it was I, like a two hour game. I'd I do love like a quirky hours? mechanic. Listen, like, I put in I put in tens of hours into Donkey Kong 64. All right. Like an eight hour ape escape. Oh, that would have hit perfect for me. And that would have been like my rocket robot on wheels. But like now, are you going to are you like rocking ape escape front to back? Like, is this the life you're you're no, leading? I have, I have Tales of Rise to play. I'm not going to go back and play all of ape escape, though. I will. I could see myself like going back and chilling it with, with it. That's the thing is, you know, you oh, mentioned gosh. Okay, you're going to go the full. You're going to go the full year uh, with PlayStation Plus Premium. I don't know if I'm going to renew PlayStation Plus Premium once the three months are up. I think I might stick to extra. Extra might be where, like, and, like, I'm not even using extra that much because you guys mentioned that if you're a PlayStation fan, like, if you're a hardcore in, in the PlayStation ecosystem, you've probably played all of the games that you've wanted to play. Like, you probably it already It is fun access. to wail on these apes. Yeah, so what, what are you doing in this game? You're just catching apes? You're just hitting them with these the apes escaped, yeah. and you gotta get oh, them. Yeah. The apes crazy. have escaped, you gotta get them. You can switch weapons. Like, if you look on the top right, you have the button layout for choosing your weapon, which is the most, like, waste of a button. Waste of all the face <laughs> buttons. You press yeah. the button to choose which weapon you want to have. Um, but then you use the right analog stick to swing in a direction and catch so it's like yeah it feels weird it feels so weird but i would have loved this shit yeah i mean you can understand as a product of its time why people loved it we didn't yeah. know any better. You look at all these games, you're like, I can, I can, even a siphon filter, you're like, I can understand why this would be popular at the time. But like, yeah, you can shoot like the little glass bottles and they like burst. I was not expecting that. Um, but yeah, like it's a lot of, um, definitely, if you ever, <laughs> it definitely like humbled me for like where we've moved forward in game design. I was like, I am so glad that things are have advanced, <laughs> but there's still some fun stuff to dig into. So we'll see uh, what I end up I, doing with, with it. I, and I think, and I don't want to keep harping on it, but I think so much of that comes down to the game choice. Like, I don't think we'd be saying the same no, thing entirely true. if Metal Gear Solid was on there. No, 100%. And that's why, like, in Dark Cloud, like, all, all the games are going to feel old. Like, I understand sure. that. But, like, there are still ways that you can feel, oh, God, is this the gameplay? I'm scared. Yeah, I couldn't save it directly on my phone. So, I didn't so this game it. gameplay is so bad that I didn't even post it on Twitter. You know how sometimes I'll post on Twitter and, like, it's not always fire gameplay. Like, when I get those Fortnite wins, like, some of those are sloppy as hell. But this was me, like, not knowing the controls. I'm like, how do I shoot this guy? Someone comes up behind me and just starts shooting at me. Squ- Point like, blank on my me, back. I have your no back. way. I didn't know there was a lock on at this time. I'm running in circles. And I'm in my apartment rolling laughing at my own gameplay of this because i'm just struggling so much <laughs> oh my god i fall on the floor but then i'm like wait there's a rewind and i just rewind it after this in the night then i then i get through this part but i was like what is going on i'm nauseous running through be, these streets i don't want to be controversial right now uh, okay he's about to be controversial let's do greg was siphon filter beloved in its day it was yes and no i mean it was not metal gear and that okay. was the thing. Siphon Filter was always that uh, Metal Gear, you wanted to go fucking be, I'm going to go be Solid Snake. I'm going to go have an adventure. This is amazing. And then Siphon Filter was like the rung below that of like, I get vibes of that. I kind of understand, you know what I mean? It's very similar to it at the time. 
Okay. But it was yeah. not beloved like Metal Gear was. Yeah, beloved, um, no. A fan favorite, sure. Okay. Yeah, I think that I hear people talk about Siphon Filter all the time. And like, yeah, fun, people and love like, Siphon Filter. People love Siphon Filter. And I had like a demo disc that didn't have the game, but it had like a trailer that I would watch over and over again as a kid. Yeah. And I always go, oh man, this looks so cool. And getting my hands on Siphon Filter on PlayStation Plus Premium this last week, I was like, ooh, <laughs> is this, yeah. is this yeah, your like, king? And definitely there's some stuff where, hey, if you like vibe with these games like hard and like, it doesn't fucking matter then yeah you're probably gonna still have fun uh and if you didn't that might not be the case but i do think there's still some even though all the games feel dated obviously because they are old there are still some that are you can find enjoyment going back to going to for the first time because that's how i feel with mm. dark cloud right now i don't know if i'll how much i'll stick with it or if that'll stay but even though like yeah the controls don't feel modern but i it's simple enough that it doesn't matter that they're a little bit rigid and there's enough interesting mechanics there that i personally enjoyed the time that i did spend with it um as far as like getting back into the retro give me spiral the dragon like i feel like that's the kind of game that you go back to and if you are you gonna tell me just age that well i got the remaster collection i got bad news for you because i got i'm excited because i love spyro Mm -hmm. but like i watched my brother play some of it and i was like which one this game the first one okay I, I only played Year of the Dragon. Like my favorite, but, Year of the Dragon um, was my shit. And I'm just going to replay right? it for the vibes, but it's right? not you get like... the Reignited trilogy. Yeah, that's, that's what true. I got. I got the Reignited trilogy. So, like... well, I'm, not, I'm not talking about how PlayStation's been treating remasters, right? With right. Mm. Um, but but I'd like to... I guess. I'm, I'd be... I feel like there's a, enough of a difference between the Reignited trilogy and the classic Spyro the Dragon that I would still want classic Spyro the Dragon on premium and put Reignited on extra. You know, like... that. I, I guess that's my beef. Is like, I like... But why not? Though? Have they like, done that with Shadow of the Colossus with this? No. Yeah. They're not, they're, I don't think they're doing that. Like, but I, I don't think it's good that they're not doing that. Sure. Right? That's what like, you want them to do. Yeah. I, like, I want the old janky versions of these games. And like, give me the remastered versions too. If you want to, just give them to me on extra. Right? Like, I'm, yeah, that I'm paying for premium so I can play like the OG. These OG. Like, what if I'm somebody who doesn't like the art of the, uh, the new trilogy for Spyro? I mean, he's still a dragon. Like, I feel like. I don't. I, I get what you mean. It's it's always nice to have you know, options. Sharp edges. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I like how clean like, this looks. Yeah. It's like it's too smooth. Why is he smooth? Why is he so smooth? Uh, um. But I've liked the extra tier a lot. Just for even though I haven't dipped into as many of the games, just for trying stuff that I haven't hit up yet. I will say, comparatively to Game Pass, the extra tier is definitely, um, like game pass diet or like the remit like with lime like it's like it just feels a little like there's so many crossover games where this game was either on game pass or has been on game pass or probably will go to game pass so it is interesting seeing these sort of shuffle as collections but if you're someone that either doesn't have game pass or you just like the the few playstation like kind of exclusives or offerings that you would get through the extra tier it's pretty fun like i I downloaded like echo chrome that game is freaking insane and super hard uh and really fun um but yeah i've just been i'm excited to dip into stuff like that as well um that i may have missed so yeah that's that's my playstation time roger do you mind pulling back up the gameplay you're showing roger was showing a comparison between original spyro on the ps1 spyro and and non-smooth the new new, yeah the new uh spyro reignited trilogy I would want to play the one on the left, right? Like, I'd I'd be down to play the original Spyro. Because, like, you know, I'm looking at the new one. Not that it looks bad or anything. I think, I think it looks great. But, like, I look at the one on, on the left, and I'm like, that's where my memories lie. Like, that's the one I want to get my hands on. That's what I remember Spyro looking like. And, like, I'm sure it'll be more janky than the one on the right, obviously. But, like... That's what I, that's what I want to sign up for. Like that, I, I, and maybe maybe this is me speaking as who somebody who's now entering maybe becoming an old person. 
<laughs> who like has the memories of playing playing Spyro at a friend's house on a PS1 or playing on my PS2 that like I'm the market. You want to revisit a time before you knew. But what are you going to finish was, it? You, think? you know, am I going to finish it? No. But like, are, we, are any of us going to finish any of these PlayStation classics? Ooh, we play that's play a mean it. question. Um, Roger, Roger, if you jump to my bullet points on the doc, you see that I put a thing there. It's exactly what Jordan Midler uh, tweeted today, except it's a TikTok from last week of a guy being like, "Yeah, what? How it feels to buy this thing for all this money and play two seconds of these terrible games and then put them back down, right? Like, and when you buy it, when you pay 120 bucks for PlayStation Premium and play a 30 year old game for five minutes, like, <laughs> it's exactly every time they could add anything they want here, and I'd probably be like, "Oh man, that's really cool," and I play it for maybe a level, and they'd be like, "Well, on to real I games." I want, I want to finish Dark Cloud, but why is it 31 hours? I get why genre wise, but that's all big commitment. Uh, I think that's my front runner, so that's kind of scary. I gotta find it an easier. I think I, the, do at least I think one. if the classic selection was better, there'd be games on there I'd finish for sure. Like if Metal Gear was on there, I'd, uh, yeah, I'd, I would do, I'd do a full play. Like of any any of the Metal Gears, honestly, like I'll do a full playthrough of those. Or like, um, uh, oh, I had another game that came to mind. But like, if you put in any of my favorite classic games on there, oh for sure, yeah, I'd spend some time with that. Or um, like even like Infamous Two. I never played all of Infamous Two. Uh, on Same. PS3, if they put that on there and made it like a an actual like you download it and I was gonna say, is it is there streaming right? It probably is there streaming. Yeah, yeah. There's at least an infamous. So that's where you draw the this. line. That's you where I draw stream. the line. Blessing won't I ain't got stream. The time for that. Shit, <laughs> it's disgusting. I don't want to play a game like that. But no, like give me the give me the accoutrements. Put in some extra work. <laughs> give me the FPS boost. Like give me a fucking resolution boost. And oh yeah, I'm playing through infamous too. That's my thing is I just want more effort from it. With the class, with the classic stuff, like well, these I people I, complaining today, understandably so, that they added a uh, Super Stardust Portable. The PSP Super Stardust got added quietly without any like fanfare, mm-hmm. and I guess it's it's you know still you have to use it doesn't recognize you have you a second stick, so you still have to use the face buttons to navigate. Disgusting. <laughs> you know, but you could that, play Jack and Daxter. That is on there. Yeah, but I've never had the desire to play Jack and Daxter. Do you really? Would you like platformers? Don't you? Oh yeah, I love platform. I love 3D platformers, especially. I I've just I I've pledged allegiance to Ratchet and Clank. I don't think there's a world where you don't like this game. Is my you like Jack and Dexter for sure? Yeah, I probably I probably would, but you know that's I've already like, I've, again I've pledged pledged allegiance. Ratchet and Clank are my presents. That's really <laughs> president weird. And, vice president. Yeah. and I feel like you had to pick you had to pick no. a side. <laughs> no, you, you didn't. I played side. both. I hate that people say that. I played both of those games when they. But came you out. like Jack and Dexter more, so you picked a side. Uh, I mean, I do like Jack and Dexter more, but I like Jack and Dexter more yeah. than most things. So it doesn't matter. I mean, there's you know that's the side. You, in most arguments, you pick that's the Jack and Dexter the, side. Yeah, you pick the not, side. I don't think that's how that works. Greg's you can just download it. Just vote You're out here. You're talking on every show about Jack and Dexter. PlayStation hears that. Like we should make another Jack and Dexter. Yep. You're not talking about a number of other games, and they're not going. You know what? We need to go make that game. So you've picked the side. Look, I'm just saying that if you guys want to play a good game off this collection for the first time. That could be well, Greg. You play Jack and Dexter, so you don't have to play Jack that. Dexter, but yeah. it's really good. Yeah, I never finished you Jack Three. I'll consider it. One maybe I have to go back to Jack Three. You should finish. I mean, it's. I think it's the weakest of the three, though. It's more even. It's there's less to complain about than there is in Two, but I think Two is still my favorite and like uh, in a way the more. best. Yeah. Wait, wait, you don't like Two? No, I love Two, and then okay, I, but okay. I was yeah, actually where two. a lot of people didn't like Two, and then they loved Three, and I forget what turned me off to Three. Uh, three is a lot of driving. You're like driving all the time. You're in that desert yeah. driving all the time. Um, I had, two, I, I had what I like. I, I imagine is a Janet moment today when I was watching the Kotaku video of the guy running mm-hmm. through PlayStation Plus, and there be he was like, "Yeah, blah blah." And he's like, "He's got this. It's got that. It's got Jack and Daxter." And when they showed the Jack and Daxter clip, 
they showed a Jack two clip because he was talking and it said mm-hmm. Jack and Daxter. And I was like, oh, it's like nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> uh, like, I, I totally understand. Like, you know, you write the script. Someone else reads it. You put it in the who's in the footage. I get it. But like, ah, I didn't talk in number one. That was a huge fucking part of number two. Yeah, I digress. You never run into that with the lesser show. Me and Roger, we're, we're on point. Yeah, we're I mean, well, I, I write Roger. I, it is, it is right. But also, yesterday, I got to be honest. I looked up Final Fantasy 16, and the show they had a really good image of Final Fan. Uh, apparently, Final Fantasy 14. I didn't know. And the people in the comments were like, "This is Final Fantasy 14." I'm like, "Well, oh, looks the same." Roger, oh, hey, look, hey, look. You didn't notice you the difference. Yeah, yeah, I showed you, you the thumbnail. You didn't say anything. Honestly, I did not say. Anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you didn't notice anything. You didn't notice anything. Yeah, see, exactly. No one knows. It's time for topic of the show. Tots, 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 Blessing, you have some news. <laughs> Blessing, you have some news. Uh, yes, I do, I do have some news. That uh, you want me to read the news? I was not prepared. <laughs> the oh, yeah, I thought I gave right you. Now. So, like earlier today, you were bringing together the news and stuff, and you had all the stuff about Ghost of Tsushima too, which got us all thinking what we want from Ghost of Tsushima too. But before we get to that, I wanted you. To, yeah, read, what do you got for me oh, today yeah. in terms of the Ghost of Tsushima news? So the one and only Dom Pepe at, at VG twenty four seven wrote a news story this last week talking about how it sure looks like Sucker Punch is hiring for Ghost of Tsushima too. Uh, I'll read through the story. It makes sense that Sucker Punch would want to make a series out of Ghost of Tsushima, a game that has sold over eight million copies to date. So when job ads crop up, hiring for an, for an unannounced open-world stealth game, our minds automatically turn to Ghost of Tsushima 2. Per two new job ads on the Sucker Punch website, one asking for a technical combat designer and one asking for a senior combat designer, we may have some, pre- we may have some preliminary details about what the studio is looking for uh, to achieve with its next title. The job ads both state a desire for staffers' experience with melee combat and stealth, as well as experience working in open-world scenarios. Given that the previous game from the studio features all those elements, it's not a stretch to think that this could feasibly be Ghost of Tsushima 2. Brandon, this is me talking. It's probably Ghost of Tsushima 2. <laughs> there's also listing. There's also a listing up for an encounter designer whose job would be a quote meld to uh, to meld interesting layouts and challenging enemies into compelling game encounters, all with an action stealth focus. Now that's where I want to stop with Don Pepiat's article and hop into Rebecca Smith's article at PlayStation Lifestyle, who wrote a similar story but then added this. However, new listings suggest that there is also a, quote, spectacular multiplayer game in development, and the senior multiplayer mission designer needs to, quote, build missions that combine challenging combat encounters and cooperative mechanics together with beautiful environments and engaging stories. These missions are intended to be replayable multiple times and suggest a co-op multiplayer experience rather than a competitive multiplayer experience. So it seems like Sucker Punch is working on an open-world action stealth game probably Ghost Shima 2, and that game will probably have some multiplayer elements similar to Ghost Shima Legends. Is that a surprise to anybody? Does anybody disagree that they're probably working on Ghost Shima 2? No. I wonder if these are the same game, though. You know what I mean? Is it Ghost of Tsushima 2 and then Legends 2 or some other name? Is it the multiplayer is going to be involved with Ghost of Tsushima 2? Is it going to be that the whole game can be drop in, drop out? Like, you know, I'm wondering what they're doing with and when they start talking, and Rebecca Smith, you know, talks about this fact of, you know, repeatable missions, things you can go through and do again. That's where it gets interesting. Of like, okay, well, that wouldn't be so much a, a narrative, right? That would be very much what we got from Legends. Yes, where you go in and you're do doing missions multiple times. Like Legends specifically, uh, as part of the original Ghost of Tsushima, the way it was laid out, right? They had like, I believe it was like bronze, silver, gold missions. The three-tiered structure where you'd go through the first time, it'd be the easy mode. You would get uh, gear for up to a certain level and then you would do like the next version of that same mission to get better gear and that would go up all the way to the, to, uh, to the gear cap, um, which 
I would be down for. Like, I I absolutely adored Ghost of Shima Legends. I played a lot of Ghost of Shima Legends when they came out. Like, that took my Ghost of Shima hours from, I think, 40 hours when I finished the, the single-player campaign of that game up to probably around 80 to 90 hours by the time I finished uh, Ghost of Shima Legends as well. And as far as I can tell, Legends was a success for them, and the only thing holding Legends back was the fact that it was packaged in as a late addition into mm. the OG Ghost of Tsushima. So if you wanted to play Legends, you would have to buy the OG game. But all, obviously not everybody with the OG game is looking for a multiplayer thing out of it, right? So it felt like a, oh, here's an extra step to get into this extra thing. That was really cool. But if you wanted just that thing, you would have to take the extra step. I would think that you would spin that off. I, I, I'm with you, Greg, that I don't, I don't know if they, those would be the same game. I think you would release a multiplayer version of that separately to get that audience in there and even make it, I would even go as far as to make it either free to play or cheap to get in, or maybe even bundle it as part, part of PS plus. When Iki only came around and they did the big update and the big drop, that's when they dropped it as a standalone, right? Yes. Okay, cool. And did yeah, they charge for that or was that free to play? I believe they charged for it. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. I mean, you're stumbling on where I think it is. And that's why I think it's such an interesting one of how do you put it in there and, Make it work for a game that to so many people is a single player experience, but then you do want to open it up to this multiplayer experience. Janet, do you have the answer? How do you get more people playing Legends? Oh, oh man, make I guess make the incentives feel meaningful as someone that's doing the main campaign. So whether mm. that's like maybe certain up like weapon upgrades that transfer over or unlocking certain things earlier, or even something as simple as like cosmetic stuff, which sounds kind of shallow, but the that cosmetics were some of the coolest. Yeah, single player ghost. Yeah, like the cosmetics were some of the, not some of the coolest parts of the game, because there's like obviously a lot of interesting things going on, but it was definitely a standout. It was something that was talked about. They had a lot of fun, you know, Easter eggs within um, those things. I remember when I finally found the cosmetic that was just putting a basket on your head and I was basket head for the rest of the game. That, nice. you know, like give me, give me more basket head and then I will like go ahead and, and, and cue this up. But yeah, that, that'd, that'd be what I would be looking for as someone that also doesn't do a lot of multiplayer. Plus. Uh, I think I want to shout out with Legends is like they did have cosmetics uh, that were like, you know, the hats and masks and all that stuff. But then later on, they added in. And I think this is like very few and far between, but they added in special masks that were shout outs to other PlayStation games. Like I remember there being a Shadow of Colossus cosmetic that you can apply by doing Turn a it into Sackboy, you know, like, honestly, go that hard with the cosmetics. Honestly, yeah. Like, I think you go that hard with it and you create more. But they were all subtle. They were all very. That's the thing is, I I, I would think you would find ways. I want to wear Sackboy's head on my skull. <laughs> you would find you would find ways to make those cosmetics stand out a bit more. You know, like when I think about the games that I love the cosmetics in, I think about Overwatch. I think about even Apex Legends. And uh, Overwatch is probably the gold standard for me. Where you know, if I if I apply a Reaper skin, I look entirely different as Reaper. And like Reaper is is like a, is an entire character, right? That like has a personality, has abilities, has 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 all this stuff going for him. But I can I can rock Reaper wearing all all white. I can rock like a black red scheme. I can rock you know Reaper without the mask, right? Like giving giving me these different elements that add so much personality and even maybe additional lore at some points to the character. Ghost Team of Legends, I would love to see them take what they have with the subtleties of it because the shadow colossus cosmetic was super subtle i think there may, may have also been like a horizon thing in there that was, was super true. subtle and the reason why i didn't even go for those cosmetics is that like the um i if i was to go for one it would have been the shadow one but that was for a different class that i was playing because i was the archer and not whatever the shadow colossus cosmetic was um uh, was applied to um but like i would take that and find ways to push that even further 
And like, I think now that they have the base template for, hey, this is what legends can be. I think now you you go above and beyond with it and try to figure figure ways that you can make the classes really stand out. Like, I would even go as far as to make. Do you want to keep the characters? Do you think that's what they're building for? I think we're having these interesting conversations, obviously. But mm-hmm. do you think, bless, you're going to get two experiences, or you're going to get one game that has PVE and PV, you know, multiplayer, whatever, co-op? I would think. Like, are you talking about like single player and multiplayer, or are you talking about just in multiplayer? Like, I'm talking about. Uh, do you? Th- I'm talking about what you think you're going to get with both the, what they're talking about for a ghost two, you assume, and then a le- and what you assume would be a legends two. Is that the same game, or is that two different things? I think it's. I think it's two different games. I would think that you know, Ghost Shima two. Obviously, I, I think you call Ghost Shima either two or you add whatever whatever colon Jin's next journey or whatever that's called, right? Sure, sure, sure. And I think. Legends 2, I don't know what you call Legends 2, but you call it something to obviously make it distinct. Whether it is Legends, again, just like base Ghost Team of Legends, you're expanding it out or like evolving it or doing whatever. But I think it is a separate thing. Um, I think for that, you are, I think it is what Legends is, but expand it out even further. Maybe you add a story into it. Maybe you look at what Naughty Dog is doing with Last of Us Factions and you try to lean into, okay, not only is this you just hopping into a bunch of missions with friends but now we have a hub area that is your central like small settlement that you're inhabiting with friends and you're talking to different characters like you, you have a, maybe a shopkeeper that you talk to to buy or apply your different cosmetics cool now you talk to this guy who will then assign you on your missions then you talk to this other guy who is the pvp guy right like i would think that for the new multiplayer push that playstation is, is going about right now you are leaning into more of the things that has that has made Destiny successful because he bought mm-hmm. Bungie for a reason, right? And like mm-hmm. Bungie has has that stuff nailed down, right? You have the hub area there, you have the different people you're talking to there, you have all the the currency and all that stuff laid out there. I think you would go above and beyond and do something like that for Legends too. And that's where it gets weird, right? Where it's like I can see, especially with the like you're talking about their commitment to these live services they've been uh, advertising and talking about, and how many they're gonna have a dozen of them or whatever in the next few years. Like for a ghost too. What I would want from it, right, is I loved Ghost of Tsushima. I would like, and this always sounds so weird because it's a beautiful game and it has such stunning visuals and style and everything else. For Ghost of Tsushima 2, what I would want is them to blur the lines a bit between where the game and the story end, if that makes sense. Where, like, I feel like it's such a, it, we're a video game, ass video game. And this is what I talked about at the time, right, where we had right, come off Last of Us Part 2, which is meant to be this like, you know, cinematic lost in your head experience kind of thing. Blah, blah, blah. And then you get to Ghost of Tsushima 2 and it is giant icons just like Sucker Punch always does. And like, we're making a game. This is a video game. You are playing a video game. And I remember going from that first area to that second area to that third area and be like, man, the environments are so different. And this is so cool. And there's different enemy types here and blah, blah, blah. But then I, I right now talking about it and thinking about it, right? I remember getting lost in the you know whatever it is 10 hours in that section which felt so similar right and doing the same things over and over again and having it be the all right go to the fox den or go you know to the cut through the bamboo or even just take down this enemy encampment having them all feel so similar and like this past uh, a couple days ago this week actually yeah i put up a tweet being like hey i want to get into an rpg here are the things i'm looking for right and i had that because i was like man i want to go play more kingdoms of amala reckoning re-reckoning right but i'm like I'm I'm to that point in that RPG where it's just the same shit over and over again, and it's fun to play it, and it's fun to do it, but nothing's wowing me anymore. I'm not even I don't know what's happening. Story. I was like, I could turn on Assassin's Creed Valhalla. It's the same thing there, where I'm 70 hours into something, and it's just clear out the same bandit camp the same way. And I was like, maybe I go get all the trophies in Odyssey, and I'm like, that's gonna be the same thing. It's like I need that new hit of experience, and so like. 
for Ghost of Tsushima 2, what I would want out of it would be, and I think it's what they kind of call out here, right? Where they're talking about meld interesting layouts and challenging enemies into compelling game encounters. Like, I want more compelling game encounters. I think the, the skill set and uh, the base mechanics of Ghost of Tsushima are so good and so engaging in the standoffs and how good it felt to switch between the, you know, four different styles of fighting when I was trying to engage with it. Like, all that was great. And I think help distract in the moment from the fact that it was like, all right, I'm sneaking into this place to take out all of these guys to find that guy. Like, let's mix that up and get going. So then I wonder if they were working on that, how they could incorporate multiplayer into it. And even what you're talking about, Bless, of like the cosmetics and the home base and the camp and the merchant, like that all sounds great and almost monster huntery in a way, even though we wouldn't be hunting monsters, but like in you know, a way of coming back, or I guess destiny, right? Of come back to... Uh, People uh, are the city. real monsters. Yeah, exactly. The real <laughs> monster was in us all the time, Janet. Uh, but like, I would love that idea as well for this, right? And kind of a, you know... Uh, peace walkery sense that my gin is my gin but we're able to go i can customize them and do whatever and then i can go to your game and help you out and do your thing and we can go and i guess it kind of breaks the narrative but breaking it into another thing could it be another live service could it be a standalone free to play live service it could be and it could come in that way but my problem was with ghost of Tsushima legends is just the fact that it was this that them telling you ghost stories and kind of having you outside of the actual narrative it was never compelling then for me to go play it yeah and i and i 100 percent feel that and like i could i could see the the case of like you know as you're describing that you uh that brought me back a bit to horizon forbidden west with like the base element and how like oh man i i at a point i was like are they about to take this to a, a mass effect ish sort of place with with some of the gameplay like are they about to push it there like is this the basis of what could end up being a horizon multiplayer thing where it is aloy's army that we've talked about before on the podcast and like you know you going out with friends to do co-op missions in that way like i think for most players you have to find a way to make it more compelling beyond just the hey you're in your menu cool they're telling you a ghost story cool now do the challenges with your friends i think that worked perfectly and was above and beyond for what they had pitched ghost streamer to be and adding that in, in as an update was like holy shit this is wild as a yeah. standalone thing i think you do have to uh get, get a little bit crazy with it and i would love you know bouncing off bouncing off everything you just said for them to find a way to you, like take everything that worked mechanically about Ghost of Tsushima because I think it's a very mechanical it's a very mechanically solid game in terms of the different fighting styles in terms of the different items and weapons they give you like the, the kunai the smoke bomb like in Legends they even enhance that stuff further by adding in different elements right if you use the smoke bomb maybe you have a like a healing factor to it that'll heal you and your friends right like they add in so much stuff that works and I think you know they ha like for the way that development works they're gonna take a lot of that stuff and bring it forward into whatever Legends oh, sure. is. I would want to see them then take base Ghost of Tsushima, the single player experience, and like lean way harder into it being single player and find ways to make it more like almost cinematic moment to moment. Because I love the open world aspect of it. I love it being more Assassin's Creed like in terms of go through, knock out all the icons, like do the uh, uh, the character stories where you are talking to the different characters that you meet on the, on the way. I think that stuff definitely makes Ghost of Tsushima special. Um, but like at the same time, I think that 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 story can be elevated. Like I think all of us pretty sure. much hold hands when we're like, oh yeah, this game is like an eight eight point five to a nine out of ten of a game. And like I think now that they've had they have that base like laid out for what Ghost Shima is, I can see the places where it can get to a ten out of ten, right? If like they ele elevate the cinematic moments, if they elevate like where you're doing in the moment to moment, like I think we can get there with it. I hope so.
Yeah, but I have the same. I have like the same opinion you have, Greg. Like literally to the T. Like (laughs) exactly the same. Where I, I really, I maybe like still like the game a little bit less than you is sort of the vibe I get. But that was my beef as well. Where I think the combat is really sound and interesting, just despite being also like pretty like simplistic and straightforward. Like it's pretty easy to grasp what's going on. But it's fun to engage with the systems. I do. I want those systems rolled out a little bit quicker, differently. We'll see how they approach. um, you know the sequel thing of what does this gin know or not you know did he forget his did he forget his stance pack in the wild like aloy you know it's the first (laughs) five minutes of the game but you know i don't know how they're going to do that because that's that's, that was one of my beefs as well mechanically where i wanted by the time it started to really sing it's like i had to put a lot of time in to get to a point where now i have all my stances can really take on any combat situation that comes my way but yeah at a certain point it did become just all right, another one. There's like t- so many banners and so many dens, and like all of the things are are fun to do, but it kind of reminds me if there were like twenty cauldrons in Horizon instead of four. It's like I yeah, like that there's yeah, only yeah. four because if there was twenty, it would still be fun. But it's like okay, this is this this is the same thing over and over again. So I would like um, it to parse down on some of that element, but then expand into new kind of side things that you can do. Um, yeah, I think exactly. Eki Island too had like a lot of great ideas introduced with like the, how trippy there's like, I didn't play all of Eki Island, but like it had some really trippy story shit. And I'm like, yeah, I want to like not know what the fuck's going on. I want my mind melted. Like that was what they did. And also they had more animals. So shout to Eki Island. Oh, that was the thing I was gonna say too, is like, you know, even leading into Iki Island, I remember being like, oof, man, like more of these fox dens or whatever. And then they put in different animals and they did, di- they had different little things and they weren't like ground. It was the same game mechanic of going through and doing these things, but at least that felt new and that felt different. And I didn't feel like I was doing the same thing I had done for however many hours it took me to platinum. Uh, you can, like bowl people over with your horse and stuff. Like they had yeah. some, some extra layers uh, there that I thought were really cool. So yeah, keep, keep the wind. The wind is cool. I got no beef with the wind. And I, actually that's where I want to bounce off of. Cause I think one of the things that ghost did really well, uh, at least like in its, in its first, I'll say in its first half, was really make it so that it feels different from an Assassin's Creed or Horizon or like Mm -hmm. a lot of these games that are driven by the icons because a lot of the moment to moment, like open world exploration, you can get from just existing in the world. And so like you're you're riding on your horse, you see a fox, and you're like, oh, let me follow that fox to whatever the thing's taking me to. Or you see a bird and it's like, oh, where's that bird going? Let me follow that shit, right? Oh, where's that bird going? And even like having the wind be your waypoint system and having that guide you so that way you're not looking at a compass, you're not looking at a map. That that is some of the stuff I like the most about Ghost Ghost of Tsushima. But after I get like eight to nine hours into the game, I think a lot of that magic fades away. Like by the time I see my fifth, sixth fox, I'm like, all right, I know where this is going, right? Everybody? Can you just I... run straight there? Just run straight there, Fox. I know what you want me to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, just take me straight, straight to the thing. And like a lot of that stuff was after a while it became repetitive in terms of okay, no, I'm no more. I I no more. I'm. I no more see the allure, or not the allure, but like I'm no, I'm no more. I no, no more see the illusion, right, yeah, of the yeah, world, yeah. right. This like, is a game. Like this is a video it, yeah. game now. Um, and what I think, I think Horizon did uh, good, uh, Jan, which I think was what what you're talking about is like they pared down a lot of those activities. Like they had a lot more variety in Forbidden West, but a lot of those activities were like, cool, let's do four of these instead of ten of these. Let's do five. Like let's have it be three melee pits instead of 
10, right? Let's hunt down the hunting grounds things. Like let's find various things, various different types of activities to do, but let none of them overstay their welcome. And I absolutely adored that about Forbidden West. I think Ghost Shima could learn from that. I think you could expand out the different kinds of um, uh, things that you're finding while exploring, whether it For be sure. activities or even in-world puzzles. I don't remember there being uh, too many puzzles. And maybe this is because it's been a while since I played Tsushima, but like, you know, give me more of that. Give me more of the platforming stuff where I am busting out like a whip to like, um, you know, swing across a gap and then like turn a quarter and all of a sudden you find something really cool that none of your none of your other friends have found yet, right? Like I want more of those moments out of Goshima uh, 2. And I think with that just comes with like ha having, uh, being, being able to take time now with development after you've, you've, you've figured out what this game is. Cool, now fill it with like way more various stuff to do. Yeah, I also really want um, more dynamic side quests because at a certain point it did feel like every side quest was, oh, it's ghosts. No, it's just bandits. Everything was bandits. I'm like, why are we still <laughs> even? Um, I also like in, in most games, I'm not a fan of the um, detective angles where they're like, scan the footprint. Like, I don't like that in Horizon either. I just think most games don't do it in a way that feels compelling. It just feels like you need me to get to a b and c and you didn't want to put a line so now you're gonna have me fake discover this thing like i just you know i want that shaken up a little bit more um and then one of my and then without spoiling it i guess but narratively i just had a beef with like the the conflict i felt like the conflict was very awkward because it was like oh i'm i can't be the ghost because this is like dishonorable but then he like totally was the ghost the whole time and he like didn't really give a shit but then in a cutscene, suddenly he gives a shit and then again i'm not gonna spoil it but at the end there's kind of that conflict kind of comes to a head in a big way and you have two decisions to make. And I've seen both of them play out and neither really speak to what people were selling me on in terms of like this being such a big deal. Like no matter what you picked, it was like, ah, it's actually fine. Like this thing that I'll like live and die on, nah, you know, whatever. We'll just all walk away. And I just thought that was, I thought that really cheapened the emotional weight that they try to convey in other elements of what they did with certain characters and the, the general conflict happening um, in the area and the war. Like, it just didn't really fit in a way that I thought made a lot of sense. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that was I one of my big beasts with that as well. And I remember, too, like what you're talking about, right? Like you could play, I remember, I think, and I think I'm rusty on this. Go watch the review. I'm sure I talked about it there. But I remember, like, you know, yeah, what you're talking about. Do you want to be an honorable samurai or an assassin ghost? And I remember playing it way more honorably, but there was still a, a cut scene with yep. uh, my uncle, whatever, right? Where he's like, you're you're using ghost tactics. I'm like, am I? Okay, so this doesn't matter. <laughs> so then I'm going to lean all the way into being the ghost because it is easier and it is better, you know, fights the style more that way. And then to your point, Janet, like, Ghost is a game that I loved. And I remember enjoying the story and I remember the conflict between uh, Jin, his uncle, you know, his upbringing in general. Right. But I don't remember the choice you're even talking about. You know what I mean? Like, and I think it, but I remember like Lady Masako's quests and I remember, you know, I mean, I remember those the the quests you did that were for the, you know, your your team or your, you know, the yeah. people who could be really important NBCs were so well done and i thought so well told and blah blah and then it would be that yeah you run into somebody on the road and they'd be like oh some of the ghosts you yeah, know it's just some dude he stole all this stuff i'll go kill him get your stuff back like that was the dichotomy of it in the same way the story i think had these really really highs and then these like now not even lows but like oh whatever i don't remember that being the thing and in the, in the way we talk about like you know once you get once you get to the base in horizon for west it's like 
all right, are they doing what, what are they are they gonna lean into the Mass Effect thing? I think we had maybe a similar thing with, with Ghost, where I swear to God that game might have been there at some point in the design process, they were like, Okay, we're gonna let the player choose whether they want to be the samurai or the ghost. Because it's sucker punch. Like that's that's been their thing, right? With with Infamous, that was the big thing of do you want to be good? Do you want to be be bad, right? Mm-hmm. Lean into your mor- morality system. And toward the beginning hours of Ghost, it felt like they were setting that up. And they didn't really take that anywhere, right? And like they kind of took that cho- decision into the story's hands and forced you uh, to lean into the, the the ghost aspect of it, which is fine. But like, it very much felt like they were they were, they were leaning that direction at points. And I would like to see I would like to see like them give you some some of that choice, right? Like that's the thing I like in open world games, right? Like the ability to kind of play as you want and defi- define your own character a bit. Like if they open that up into now, Ghost Two is about the choice of be- continuing on as the ghost or maybe leaning back into the honorable samurai like i could i could possibly be down with that but i think one of the problems is they have like mechanics that fit both and if you would only select one you'd be cutting out like half of the game um mm-hmm. for me i don't necessarily need them to give me give me the choice personally uh, choice can be fun in games but i think unless it's a highly well a choice driven game um usually those choices end up being kind of hollow it's like Oh, like, are you, it's just like, is, is it a nicer conversation is what it boils down to, which can still be fun, but ultimately doesn't do much for gameplay. I, for me, the, my big beef is just that it was like a fake conflict because like nothing, like the story did not match the mechanics, like mechanically, you know, I'm out here stabbing like eight people in the back. And even like when he first made that decision, he was like, oh, but I can't. And she's like, well, we got to get through this, this town. And he's like. All right. I'm like, you folded like (laughs) super fast, like on this big thing that's allegedly, you know, I'm like, you're not selling me on. This is my big life's commitment because like I'm seeing him not care. And then at the end of the day, I'm seeing no one really care. So like, what was this all about? You know, so that, yeah, we'll see. That was one of the things you want to compare to like like infamous, right? Which I'm very much in infamous KOTOR, you name it. I feel at the beginning of the game, you should basically make one choice that then leads you that way. Because once in both those examples, right, once I start being bad or whatever, what is going to happen in a video game that's going to make me go, oh, you know what? I should have been the other side and I'm going to change now. And I have all these points that I can't re- re- uh, redistribute anywhere else. And I've done all this. So I, at best, I can maybe get a little bit positive. It's either you're all good or you're all bad kind of thing. But what I liked about Infamous, right, is like, and loved about infamous was like you know the world reflected what you were doing cole's appearance reflected what you were doing like the you know the citizens would cheer for you or they'd run away from you in fear and stuff like that whereas like to this uh, ghost business right like there wasn't those kind of ramifications of you being being trying to be walk the line as a samurai or go and be an assassin and be a ghost yeah that's the thing is i think if they were to go that direction they would have to lean into it fully and actually make it a thing of the more ghost decisions you make, right? Then, like the more the more you're hearing about those conversations uh, between villagers, that the like that'll affect the kind of quests you get. Maybe that affects even the, the companions that you're able to do their do missions for, because there are people in the world that really like the ghost that you can become friends with, or there's people in the world that prefer to have an honorable samurai defending their honor that they can that they can talk to, right? Like I think you would have to then feed that into so many aspects of the like, including again going back to gameplay, right? Upgrades and the tools that are available for you, since the ghost does play a little bit more stealthily and more sneakily, right? Like you would have to, you'd have to double down and lean into um, uh, that for pretty much every element of the game in a way where I, I I get both sides of not wanting to do that because that might feed into it too much and totally change what Ghost is. 
Uh, but also, it could make Ghost uh, Ghost Two even more unique as an open world game, right? It can make it something that, something that feels like it's its own thing that isn't competing as much with a Horizon or a Spider Man or other open world games that Sony has because it's it's doing it's a different thing. Especially if it, like everything you said sounds great and exciting and would be something I'd want to play again. You know what I mean? Not just yeah. watch the YouTube video of I'd want to play through and see if if the changes were changing how who I was able to work with, how they interacted with me, what choices were available in the world. I think that'd be cool. And like we, I mean, Dying Light Two did kind of a similar thing where you know you are helping the two different factions, and that becomes more of an open world choice of what are the structures that are available to you as you want to traverse the world and do your parkour shit. Um, like that's, I think that stuff can work sometimes, but also like I, it's it can so easily fall into what Jan is saying in terms of it feeling gimmicky and it feeling yep. like, oh, okay, well, yeah, it's, it's set dressing. Okay, well, this just made a an ending slightly different in a way that probably isn't going to matter for how the, whatever the third game is. The thing I want to ask you though on this topic, right? Because like I think well, a bit of what we're getting at is that Ghost Shima Two will probably have some kind of gimmick or something that separates it from Ghost Shima One. Uh, my question is. What do you guys think that is? Because I look at Horizon, right? And for Forbidden West, for me, it was the it was the it was the polecaster as a tool. That was the thing that kind of differentiated like the the a lot of the core gameplay from two from one. Like, do you guys think that there's a tool they give Jin Sakai? Do you think there's like a open world gimmick or something along those lines? He gets a glider. <laughs> I would just a give glider. A glider. I wouldn't put it past anything. the glider. I wouldn't put it past the glider. I mean, the glider, it's a great way to get around. I'm sad I don't have one. Um Ah, oh, man, that's tough. I wonder if there's anything. I didn't finish Iki Island, but do you, did either of you finish Iki Island? Yeah, I did. I did, yeah. Was there anything in there that might have pointed to, besides obviously the, you know, the stuff like, oh, the horse I'm mechanic and things, like drums. I imagine. Yeah, but like, that's not gonna, he's not just gonna like pop some pills and walk around. I feel like you're just gonna get off Tsushima. I think it's gonna give you more to do in terms of where you're going. Because I think, you know, there's another historic attack on Tsushima, and I think that, at the same time, the Mongols were attacking mainland Japan, but I could be wrong about that. But I remember somehow that came up in some interview back in the day somebody was doing with Nate or somebody that there was like somewhere else to go beyond Tsushima. Beyond. Beyond. Yeah. Maybe there'll be like a companion NPC character that maybe like ties into the, if there is a second Legends, whether it's like connected or not connected, that kind of complements that in some way. But I don't really know like if that really enhanced the experience mechanically, you know what I mean? Like I'm trying to think of what that would look like um i'm just i'm looking yeah. up a list of samurai weapons right now and i'm it's, it's <laughs> tough man it's tough also man samurai samurai's had some weapons <laughs> let me tell you these guys can make some shit <sighs> maybe he'd have like some type of i don't know like because he already has heightened like senses and stuff um yeah i i'm trying to think of things that maybe were like underutilized in like the first game like one thing that struck me as odd was like that weird first person mode it goes into if you're like crawling in a certain way like that was mm -hmm. used like three times i don't know if they do something funky with perspective or like you can go to like some different plane again with the drug thing like you go to a different plane or something <laughs> but i don't know what's we'll that ideas what's the name of the main uh was she a love interest like the main her his best friend or her girlfriend i can't um, remember it's been a while uh, you, you guys know who i'm talking we just about say like, her name a second ago no no that lady no. moscow yeah, Lady Moscow was the was the mad woman who was out there just f fucking murdering. She was doing her thing. Um, but like toward the end of the game, right? Like you have his partner who's like Yuna. out there. 
Yuna, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, like she's still she's down, still down with the cause. Uh, as I'm looking through a list of samurai weapon, uh, one of the ones that I get on this website is the Nagi Nata, which is a long bladed pole. The way that this website called HistoryHit.com describes it is the Nagi Nata was the iconic weapon of the Ona. Bukesha, uh, the female warriors of the Japanese nobility. It was also a common part of the dowry of noble women. The Naginata was also uh, was a long-bladed pole weapon, heavier and slower than a, the Japanese sword. The blade of the ko Naginata, used by women, was smaller than the male's male warriors' o Naginata uh, to compensate for women's shorter height and lesser upper body strength. Uh, and they go they, they they go on about it, but. I bring that up, not even bring up the weapon. Honestly, I was I brought it to bring bring up Yuna. Like, what if you play as her for a little bit? What if it is like a, uh, mm-hmm. a choose your character kind of situation, and they give her a different tool set, and that's how they get around like the starting from starting from the beginning thing. It's not that Jin forgot all of his supplies somewhere like Aloy. It's that oh no, it's just gonna be the opening. Her. That's the opening of Horizon Forbidden West. Let me teach you how to do this, and that's our tutorial. Which actually, I'm not cheating that. I think that's a cute way to hide your tutorial or make it less tutorial-y. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, cool way yeah. to start all over. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't have to start all over. We're still in the middle of the show, which means it's time to tell you about our sponsors. Remember, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games to write in to be part of the show, to be watching the show live, just like the Trogs are Jordan Vickers, Mike L, Mr. Hawks 182. Of course, you could also watch this record the Xcast. Uh, you could write in for kind of funny games daily and do a bunch of different stuff. But right now, what it would mean is you wouldn't have to hear the ads, but you're not on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. So here's a word from our sponsors. Shout out to Uplift for sponsoring this episode. I've been using my Uplift desk for well over a year now. I love the thing so much, I decided to write a rap song for them. The build quality is real good. It's made of real high quality wood. They didn't ask for it. I just did it anyway. Getting my Uplift desk immediately improved my mood. Whenever I'm on shows, I'm standing up. I'm feeling a lot more energetic. And also, I kind of feel like I was just maybe creating some bad habits sitting down at a desk all day. I would move my legs up. I'd sit underneath my legs on my chair. And eventually, all that stuff just created really bad back pain for me. Choose from laminate, whiteboard, bamboo, solid wood, butcher block, or even custom solid wood or laminate options. Uplift Desk won New York Times Wire Cutters Best Standing Desk from 2019 to 2022. And while I'm at it, I'm just going to give them an award as well. Best Standing Desk that I use in my bedroom from when they sent it to me until now. Uplift Desk have a 15-year warranty. They ship the same day you order with free shipping and free return shipping. So if you've been feeling the effects of sitting at a desk for eight hours a day, maybe you want some more energy in your life maybe you want to do squats in the middle of a zoom call or something uplift your life go to kindoffunny.com slash uplift blessing what's happening this week in playstation ask the question should PlayStation attend more in-person events? I asked that because this last week, last week, Andy Robinson at Video Games Chronicle wrote an article titled PlayStation Isn't Going to Gamescom. Sony Interactive Entertainment is the latest company to pull out a Gamescom 2022. In a statement issued to German publication Games Wirtschaft, a spokesperson for the PlayStation firm confirmed it would not attend this year's event, which is due to take place in August and will be its first in-person show since the pandemic. Other companies, including Nintendo, Activision, and Take-Two, have said they will not attend Gamescom return. VGC understands that one issue is that many publishers have simply stopped planning pre-release game demos since the pandemic, such as those made available at events like Gamescom, and thus would have little to show at a big public show. Gamescom 2022 is set to take place from August 24th to the 28th, and will be a hybrid event uh, held on-site in Cologne and simultaneously online. Greg Miller, should PlayStation attend more in-person events? Am Am I answering as PlayStation or Greg Miller? Greg Miller. Hell yeah. Bring back PSX. What the fuck? Come on. 
Well, it's awesome. Yeah. In-person events are great. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, I think, you know, it's a slow ramp up as we adjust to a post everyone caring as much about COVID world. <laughs> still very much there. Still very much a threat. You'll probably still get COVID when you go to one of these shows or whatever. Um, I totally get not doing it. I totally get not doing it yet. I think it is still this weird place of if E3 had happened as normal this year, would we have felt comfortable going and doing all the stuff and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Even SGF, like I know people who got COVID there. So it's like that was a much smaller thing and a much, a much different thing. So would you want to open it up to a giant thing full of uh, people you know, sure, peers, but then also the public, then also people you don't know, then everything else. Like it gets in this weird thing. And so for Gamescom to be, you know, such a huge show, okay there's there's the health risk part of it and then there's the risk that i think you know andy brings up in here not even the risk the reality of not having things ready like playstation is very much not more than ever but very much marching to the playstation playbook of cool like you will hear from us about god of war ragnarok eventually and until then we'll probably be quiet about what comes after that and so then what are you showing at a gamescom what are are you actually doing because that's uh is it mentioned what are the dates again here august Uh, August 24th like i i don't think you know best case scenario for god of war still coming out this year i do think they do a press demo thing again where they probably invite a select number to go somewhere and play it for a few hours like they did with the original god of war but i don't think you'd they would not put it on the gamescom show floor and so if you're not putting it out for the public why would you go to gamescom like there's a million other yeah. ways to get interface with the press over there. That's not what this is about. This is about consumers. And if you don't have something you need to get in front of the consumers to sell them on, which you do not need to do with Ragnarok, let's say best case scenario, PlayStation VR 2 is coming out this year. I still don't think they would take that to Gamescom and have you strapping on headsets left and right and having people be that close and up in it. What about Last of Us Part 1? No, right? Like, I think Last of Us Part 1, again... It's weird because we're at this point right now where it's, you know, we've just seen it this month. But, like, are we going to get to play Last of Us Part 1 ahead of time? Or is that, and I mean us as, you know, kind of funny in in PS I Love You. Or is that going to be, like, maybe IGN and GameSpot and two other outlets get to play it for, you know, an hour and then that's it? Like, I feel like you almost have more to lose by putting Last of Us out in front of people. Because last then it will just be people nitpicking, and I don't think Joel looked as good as he did. And da, 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 when, like, you know, we all know the game's gonna look great, and but how much different is it gonna be? And then would you want hundreds of people at Gamescom cycling through to play it and then pick it apart? I doubt it. Shannon Garcia, should PlayStation attend more in-person events? Yes, from like a content perspective. Um, I think they can get away with what they're doing now because they are getting away with what they're doing now, and not to say that that's like with malice or anything but i think you know just as greg mentioned it's not shocking to think that they don't have much to show for like something that's two months from now um because they're kind of in between things and i think they when they do have things to show it's always preferred for at least on the playstation side to have it on their own terms in their own way where you're viewing their own stuff and then as we talked about when this um broke when we did uh, games daily yesterday was that yesterday that's that might be yesterday yeah what is time um you know a a lot of other plate companies are not there for the same reason and then it's kind of just a bonus that there's not as intensive of a rush to get back to in person in the sense that COVID is very much still a threat now granted i think COVID will be a threat for a really long time so i think at this point with the precautions that we do have in place there are ways to like have events responsibly and i think it's fine to go to them but 
it's I feel like that kind of takes the sting out of it from both a, a content perspective, a safety perspective, and also an industry vibe perspective. Like there's not it's not really that loud of a time. I think we like hear things kind of like rumbling. We know stuff's coming up, but it's kind of, you know, like you mentioned, it's like backlog season, indie season. It's not exactly like, I don't feel at this exact moment that, oh my God, PlayStation's totally falling behind by not having like, you know, things to talk about or being front and center. Um, I think it's always good to get ahead of that stuff and be leading kind of that conversation. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where they're at right now. They're kind of in their own backlog season because they have PlayStation Plus Plus out, right? That's kind of look at what we look at the experience you can have on PlayStation that are already out that already exist that you may have missed as we start to gear up towards that next kind of era of PlayStation. I forgot what we called it the other day that we stole from Tim of like season two or something. I don't oh, know. Fa- but phase two. Phase two, right? We're like in that the fulcrum towards phase two. I don't think that phrasing actually means anything, so don't at me about it. It sounds good though. It sounds right? good. Like, I don't think that quite meant anything two. though. But that's like, yeah, that's my yeah. statement. That means not not a whole lot. <laughs> what are you blessed? Yeah. I mean I'm I miss PlayStation at events and granted like I've not been to many events in the last few years and so like it kind of feels like a, a whatever thing. Like I don't think I was I, I was going to Gamescom anyway. Uh and so like I'm not gonna miss much, but you know I think as things start to ramp toward some level of normalcy in the world, I would like to see them do something. Um, and like I get why this fall uh, you wouldn't if you if like PlayStation is still at a place of like no, we're locking down, we're not letting anybody go anywhere because of COVID and all that stuff. I think that's totally understandable. But uh, you know, I uh, to Greg's point, I hope to see PSX come back someday. I don't think it will, but like I think it'd be really cool. You know, I miss PlayStation having like. A presence where fans can come or press can come and play all these different things even if it's not just playstation first party right like i'd be down to go to a playstation booth that is headlined by you know a last of us or god of war or whatever it is but like you know even if it is like hey here are all the indies that we've been advertising at our things or here are all the third party things like here's arcade again and the little devil inside and stray and like those kinds of games that they've included in their state of plays in the presentations even that i would think is something because i think it's good as like a first party to like be able to to you know own a selection of games you know even again even if those games are third party even if they are your partner games i think you know having that ownership over hey these are games that we're excited to tell you about and that we want you to associate with us i think that go go goes a long way um but also like that doesn't need to be at gamescom i think that could be at uh, anything else right and like you know i think this fall i i would think we still get a playstation showcase which will be cool for what that is and I like my big hope is that in the way that like Xbox has XO 19 or uh, I forget if they're I forget the last time they had one of those actually might have been 2019. That sounds about right. (laughs) Yeah. Like in the way that they have those XO events. Right. Like I would love for in 2023 fall for PlayStation to do the PlayStation showcase and that then be followed by a PSX and the PSX doesn't even have to be things from the showcase because showcase is like long term shit. But as a way to follow up on, hey, here's the future of PlayStation. But come through to LA so we can talk to you about PlayStation Now, not PlayStation Now the service, but PlayStation. What's going on? <laughs> PlayStation at this moment. <laughs> PlayStation at the a PlayStation ATM, right? Like, let's make that the event. And so, um, yeah. And no, I'm not. I'm not been out of shape about this, but hopefully soon we see PlayStation again. Now, I want to do a vibe check on Final Fantasy 16 because this last week we got a bunch of interviews with uh, Naoki Yoshida, the producer of Final Fantasy 16. I'm going to pull from Kat Bailey at IGN who writes how Final Fantasy 16's producer confirms that the game won't be open world. When Final Fantasy 16 was first revealed, many fans immediately assumed that it would follow the footsteps of its predecessor and be a large-scale open world RPG. 
According to producer Naoki Yoshida, uh, that won't be the case. Instead, Yoshida says Final Fantasy 16 will focus on an area-based design uh, in a matter in a manner that sounds similar to Pokemon Legends Arceus, which was likewise assumed to be a pure open-world game when it was first announced last year. But while Final Fantasy won't be a traditional open-world game in itself, Yoshida does say that it'll take a lot of inspiration from AAA open-world RPGs, though he doesn't name any specifics. Quote, however, to bring a story that feels like it spans an entire globe and beyond, beyond, we decided to avoid an open world design that limits us to a single open world space and instead focuses uh, on an independent area based game design that can give players a, a better feel of a, tr- of a truly global scale, end quote. In various interviews, Yoshida also discussed the game's M rating, stating the mature content is less about violence and gore and more about having the freedom to explore more adult themes. I believe that was from GameSpot's uh, Tamar Hussein's article. And he also mentioned uh, the game's content being standalone, so you won't have to uh, visit tertiary content like comics or videos or whatever to experience the full Final Fantasy 16 experience. But don't you love that? Don't you want to watch the Animax or whatever on YouTube? Blessed, really get a feel for it. No, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm okay. play, let me just play the game. Let me just play the damn game. Got Greg it, Miller, it. what's the what's the vibe check on Final Fantasy 16 for you? I've been burned too many times because I'm just I. You know how it is. You you maybe this you know, time will be different. You know what you like and you know what you don't like, but then you always want to give everything the old college try when it comes around. And so I've tried with you know what I mean. But Final Fantasy 7 remake worked for me. So like it's not impossible, but like my vibe check is I will just keep looking at trailers and stuff with you guys during things and being like, all right, I I have no idea why Tim's flipping out for this giant kaiju battle that's happening, (laughs) but I'm glad he's digging it. Uh, He likes that God or the summons, the icons. That's a cool summons. Get him. Get him, kids. So it's like, I don't know. It's like all this stuff of it's not open world. Like it isn't a bummer as you know, and Pokemon Arceus, I know I enjoyed from a little bit. I played before I stopped and then now I'm waiting for the next Pokemon this year. That's exactly the same thing. Uh, it's like, whatever, like, I, okay, cool. Whatever. It doesn't need to be an open world. It's just like, I don't know, man, like JRPGs aren't usually my thing. And I know this isn't exactly like a turn-based JRPG kind of thing, but I wish them well. And I, I hope it will cl- click for me, but I look at the trailer and I'm like, a lot of big things happen in there. I don't know. Don't know if that's what I'm looking for in a game. Janet, what's your vibe check? So I'm Greg, but I'm also younger. So I'm, I am ready to be burned again. Why not? You know, fire it up. I'm going to step into the flames and see if I come out the other side. Yeah, because I'm similar. Like, it's not really just generally um, my genre. And by that, I mean, like, so there's some things that aren't my genre that I'm not really going to play at all unless I decide to do a sociological experiment on myself, like MMORPG. Like, that's so far out of my wheelhouse that I'm probably just going to wait for a really long time or like even like a you know, like ta- super intense, like tactic stuff. You know, there's like different things that I don't really touch at all. So when I say it's not in my genre real house, I more mean like it's not a genre I instinctively gravitate towards uh, the way I do like platformers or story games or whatever. But it's like that that B tier for me genre wise. But that also means that like I could skip, I could not. So I think I'd check it out um, again. I want to be burned a few more times before I decide to retire um like i'm almost there with souls games i'm not quite there i feel like i can be burned again but yeah it's it's getting to that point um but i I think the um you know the open world stuff i'm cool with it as long as it is in service of them making the game they want to make which ideally is a the best version of their vision and if that involves not doing a more traditional open world structure i think that's fine not every game needs to be open world clearly they have done that before for this they're like we're not doing that and it's very intentional 
Um, so I'm just going to, you know, buy into that until proven otherwise. Uh, there's totally a world where that doesn't feel like it came out well or that it, it you know, it drops and people um, feel like it's missing something. But until then, I think that sounds like a totally fair way to approach it design wise. Yeah. When the, the open world stuff broke the other day, I was actually pretty surprised that it was like a big headline uh, that the game was an open world. Because usually for JRPGs, when I think JRPG, I don't automatically think open world. And sure. I think the big the big reason for 16, why this is a new story, is because Final Fantasy 15, as I understand it, is more open world. Uh, and so, like, when I read through, I was like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, zones. Yeah, I'm down for that. You know, let me let me explore the area. Get in the zone. Let me, let me get in the zone. Oh, no zone. Uh, and, like, you know, the fact that they're trying to go for a, a global scale, right? So it is, oh, here's one zone that takes place. And I don't know what countries are in this w weird Final Fantasy 16 universe. Let me just act <laughs> like, it's the, like it's the Earth, right? Hey, you can go. You can come to America for this zone. Cool. For this zone, come down to Brazil. All right, cool. Now come over to Nigeria. Like, cool. I'm, I'm down. I'm down for them to, like, What if know, that actually is what it was? <laughs> I would fucking love Nigeria. Come on down. Yeah, yeah, McDonald's. <laughs> oh, my. Dude, oh, man. I would absolutely. In, in Nigeria, they don't have, I don't think they have many McDonald's. McDonald's, but you have a fast food restaurant called Mr. Biggs. I would love to go to Mr. Biggs in a, in a Final Fantasy 16 game. That sounds like the dream. But yeah, what like got, if, what are they serving, Mr. Biggs? Oh, yeah, it's been such. I was, I was probably like 12 years old last time I went to Mr. Biggs. I think they had like rice when I went, maybe like a meat pie, stuff like okay. that. How much do we need on Patreon to go back to Mr. Biggs? <sighs> Literally, like, I'll give me anything. Honestly, I'll go back to Mr. Biggs. I loved Mr. Biggs as a kid. Though as an adult, I don't know if I'd like it as much. But like, I, it was Mr. Biggs, and it was another place called Tantalizers. Tantalizers was actually where the good stuff was at. But These that names was also, are fire, right? Like Nigerians know how to name fast food spots. Tantalizers, though, we didn't get to go to as often because that was like the good spot. You know, like that's where they, that's where they had the good stuff. That's like I don't know what the um, analog would be for like American fast food. We're like Mr. Biggs is 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 um, uh, McDonald's, whereas Tantalizers. Oh, here it is. Rogers pulled up Mr. Biggs. God, this is bringing me. I think I might have been to that exact Mr. Biggs. I'm on their Instagram right now. Yeah. And one of the things that one of their plates here, they got, yeah, this uh, rice, like dirty rice. And then yeah. they got like a uh, chicken. They got a leg and a, a leg and a thigh. And then some kind of maybe deep fried thing. I don't know. What I'm looking at. Or maybe that's a meat pie you're talking about. Meat pie. If it's like, if it, yeah, if, it, if it's what brought, Roger has pulled up right now, that is for sure a meat pie. And then obviously Coca-Cola with, every, with everything because it is, it is only Coca-Cola and Fanta. Those are the two drinks that people drink in Nigeria for soft drinks, at least. And like, that's about it for soft drinks. Those are the two go-tos. God, this looks um, so good. This looks so good. Oh, my God. That I do right think there, so it seems like they're slowing down. Like, I'm oh. doing some quick Googles and I don't know how common it is anymore. Uh, we got shawarma, too. I think a little bit, yeah. Oh, they have shawarma? That plate that Roger had pulled up, that, it looked like jollof rice with some chicken. Jollof rice, the best rice you'll ever have in your life. How did we get here again? Oh, Final Fantasy, right? Final, okay. Somehow Final Fantasy brought us to jollof rice and Mr. Biggs. Uh, uh, chat wants to know, do you want a Fanta? Bless. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I know that's okay. the, that's the, 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 the commercial. Call it. The, yeah, mm -hmm. this jingle. The jingle, but I don't. Wanna, I, don't you want a Fanta? Don't you want? Yeah, okay. who would I didn't know if there was anything that came after the do you want to? And so I was trying to think of that, but I can think of it. Um, but yeah, like if it's a worldwide. Like no one's ever answered 16, before. We just keep asking over and over again. <laughs> they just keep asking. They don't give answers. Uh, I'm down to be Mr. Worldwide in Final Fantasy 16. So yeah, give me the different zones. Let me travel, travel the Final Fantasy world and have a good time. Mm -hmm. Um, I am looking forward to this. Uh, the combat is, is the thing that's bringing me in, right? Like what they've shown in the trailer so far looks really fun. And the folks that they got working on the combat specifically are folks that get me hyped because it is like the combat uh, lead for uh, Devil May Cry 5 is working on there, right? And like, you know, showing off that, the, the, the producer talking about how the different Titan battles are going to basically be all be different. Like 
they're the gameplay is going to change for each and every one i want to see how they go about that because that sounds like really cool set piece shit that i'm totally down for um and so yeah my vibe check is really high i'm feeling really good about the vibes for final okay. Fantasy 16. i have one more vibe check for you what is the vibe on Plague Tale Requiem. I asked this because uh, I think it was this morning, actually, Plague Tale uh, put out their October release date, and also they showed off 10 minutes of gameplay I'm pulling from Tom Phillips at Eurogamer. A Plague Tale Requiem will launch for PlayStation 5 on October 18th, developer Asobo and publisher Focus Entertainment have announced. Today also brings 10 minutes of newly revealed gameplay as siblings Amicia and Hugo return, happy to use their tricks to remove any soldiers in sight. It's a nice showcase of the game's stealthy combat, if nothing else, and yes, those rats are back janet garcia what's your vibe check i'm excited for this but i also need to play the first one because i never have uh it's on game pass i know it's not on well actually is it on extra it might be on extra now too no it's not i don't think it is right the first one <laughs> i don't think I it is but i'll know. check for you i'll check i look because i looked it up you might already while... own it no i think no? i'm just gonna do it through game pass because i looked it up on the playstation store and i feel like it would say download if i had access to it it would um yeah. But yeah, like it's story driven. Um, when this dropped, a lot of people kind of talked about it as a not so hidden hidden gem, right? I think it's a game that got good enough marketing that most people, you know, in media know the name, but not as many people played it. But the people that did play it were like, you got to play it. It's it's super good and people aren't talking about it enough. So um, yeah, I definitely want to check this out. And now this kind of just gives me incentive and structure to go back, finally play that first game and then hit up uh, the sequel that's about to drop. Here's the thing. I think both me and Greg started Plague Tale Innocence and both dropped off probably halfway through. Uh, and like, How long I just, is that? Uh, probably like, I don't know, 10 hours? I, got yeah, I don't think it was a long, long thing. It wasn't bad. Yeah, I just... I. I think I just got bored by it, if I'm being real, mm -hmm. right? Like, the story seemed fine. The, like, the um, visuals seemed good. And the gameplay was very much, like, here's stealth gameplay. The thing that I noticed about the game immediately was that, oh, man, these, these guys obviously like The Last of Us. You know, these guys are into The Last of Us. Right here, Roger has pulled up the how long to beat. And it is, for the main story, it is 10 and a half hours. And then it says 12 and a half hours for main plus extra. So, so it's not super long. But, yeah, like, I found myself after a while just like falling off of it a bit and like not feeling as compelled to to continue though now that plague tale uh requiem is coming up i feel inclined to pick up my save and see if i can finish the rest of it i don't want to start from the beginning because i don't want to fall off again but i think i have enough juice in there to want to go back and just finish the story that way I'm, I'm prepped and caught up for um requiem because i'm i'm actually looking forward to it you know like all the all the trailers the trailers they've shown so far you know the game again continues to look great the i'm a sucker for games that let you hold hands with a character that you're, that you're guiding that's why i fucking love eco and so like you're telling me i can hold hands with this kid and, and take him across the the village cool i'm down let me do that um and then they've added in a lot of violence and combat with this one uh and like I, I know it's so like surface level it's so like oh man such a gamer thing to say but give me some violence i'm down let me stab somebody in the throat like let me give, give me some action and that was, uh, yeah, I'm right there with you, right? Where I had started uh, Innocence. Uh, I did not vibe with it. Everybody was telling me I was going to love it for the story, but I found myself, yeah, not loving the gameplay of it being Escort. And this is old, these opinions. I don't remember. It hasn't been recently. Uh, and so I kind of was like, oh, man, it sucks. And I put it down. And I don't think maybe I wasn't in the mood, maybe whatever. And then, yeah, since I've seen uh, the stuff for Requiem at the Xbox conference, I thought that trailer looks so great. And the violence was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I'm doing something, I feel like, more. But after Xbox, I went and downloaded it back to my PlayStation 5 because I do want to get through it. And now that this has a release date, it's the, just the same thing now. I'm like, all right, shit, I really got to get on this. I got to, I want to get through this before that one because I do put out. Omega Buster in the live chat says, 
July 2021 PlayStation Plus. So, Janet, I'm sure you redeemed it back then. Oh. So you probably no, I didn't. I did not that's redeem it. Was, that's why I thought you would have had it. But I will say it, that one probably wasn't because I didn't want to download it. Then it might have been because I just really don't give a fuck, to be honest. But I did not always have PS Plus. That's the thing. Uh. I would do a drop off, drop on. Like, I would because I wasn't playing any online games. So I'm like, why am I paying for this? And I know it's like, oh, for moments like this, but even this, it's on Game Pass. Like I still didn't. And then if that drops out, I think Isaiah might own it. So it's like, I have so many ways to access this. Like I just, you're I don't ball, have- You're balling. You're balling on Yeah, like, you know, trillion. I mean, I don't mean to be that guy, but like, I mean, I am that guy. So like, I, mean, I might as well embrace it, right? Yes, they, they got a Tesla over there. They got a subscription to Game Pass, PlayStation. Yeah, I'm out here, um, I am bummed though, because we don't have, <laughs> this is like such a fucking rich sounding problem. We don't have like the higher model Tesla, so we can't play like Cuphead oh, and stuff. Jesus like we only Christ. have- Oh, you don't have the higher got, model. Like, yeah, you know. You know what I heard Janet say? The budget Tesla. Before we started the podcast- Model 3, not the X, so. Before we started the podcast, I heard Janet say under her breath, she was like, Oh, it smells like broken here and i was like did anybody else hear that i guess i'm I the only in one the car i was uh you know it's uh, now the classic just like any other uh bougie person well it's not my money it's isaiah's money anyway i just happen to live and benefit <laughs> from that money um but we were in in the car the other day and I, I forgot i was like doing some shit on the on the dash like pulling up like tiktok or some bullshit and i was like yeah like i'm like a menace being associated with this car i'm like you know people will be like oh i don't the money's not gonna change the money will change me you all better hope i don't actually ever come up because i ain't gonna be looking the same like nah it's gonna be you know i already got the two terabyte like i'm feeling brand new okay i got the face plates on here i got a new controller i'm downloading games i'm never even gonna play just because i have the fucking space like i'm just God on damn. some other shit so Throw Plague Tale in there. Fucking drop Bless the $30. Change. I don't give a fuck. Uh, <laughs> Jan, remember me when you get rich, by the way. You know? Yeah. You, already know, you know, I just got to make a, enough to also, like, pay you. And then we'll just, or you make enough to pay me. And then we'll just figure it out, you know? Star own kind of funny, kind of funny too. Make it yeah. for that. Oh man, well, 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 I don't know. Well, I don't know. You just put a two on it. You're legally out it's of the world. It was legally like. different. It's a legally different distinct. Yes, I love you too. Kind of funnier. I don't know. Well, I will figure it out. Yeah, it'll be. We can find something that's legally distinct enough. Let's yeah, talk about. If we make enough, we can buy out Greg. So, <laughs> let's talk about. Oh, we have to. Oh man, buy out Greg Miller. He has a million followers on Twitter. I don't know if you knew that. A million. You know how much money a million half costs? Half of them are real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dozens of fans out here. Clamoring. Let's talk okay. about our PlayStation picks. Uh, going through the drop this week, we got Fall Guys for PS5 that came out Tuesday, June 21st, and of course that is free to play now. Uh, Shadowrun Trilogy came to PS5 and PS4 on Tuesday, June 21st. The King of Fighters 98 Ultimate Match Final Edition came to uh, some consoles, probably the PS5 and PS4, I imagine, to, on Tuesday, uh, June 21st. I don't know why I didn't write that one down. And then uh, Delirious the Moon came to PS5 Thursday, June 23rd. Sonic Origins, PS5, PS4, Thursday, June 23rd. Capcom Fighting in Collection uh, is coming to PS4 friday june 24th greg miller what did you pick to play on playstation this week you know i played a bunch of stuff i, I made the rounds uh but what i wanted to talk because i talked about uh, you know asking about rpgs started playing tales of arise at the uh, audience request and i know bless you copied me so you're you're playing it too excited yeah. have you actually started it i started it yeah probably about two hours in okay i'm probably right where you are then yeah okay so we'll talk about that because what i want to talk about though is a, is a janet uh ass game uh road 96 where I had, if you remember, my Road 96 story oh, had started. Would you knock off? What did you kill to show us the case? 
It was uh, it was Bunger. Oh, Bunger's fine. Bunger's it's only a matter fine. of time until that's happened. I'm surprised it hasn't happened earlier. He he flung off the PSVR headset that I now have as decoration because I'm not gonna hook it up again. You never gonna hook that up. Road ninety six. Uh, I've been excited about from preview events and from uh, you know trailers and whatnot. And I as soon as it came out, I got it on Switch and it ran like complete ass. And I was mm-hmm. like, these load times suck, and I'm not playing this. And I put it down. And then Janet played it on PC. It was like, yo, this game this game is a game for us, Greg. And I was like, shit, fuck. And then it got announced for PlayStation, and so this week I streamed it with Snowbike Mike over on YouTube.com slash kind of funny plays. And uh, we did two or three chapters of it because it's like it's like a roguelite, right? Where you play through and you make progress with relationships and information, and then either your character, at least for me, dies or makes it across the border and out of the country you're trying to flee. And then you start the next episode with the information uh, and the things you changed in the world, kind of thing. And I wasn't I wasn't expecting it to be bad about anything, but I didn't realize that's how the gameplay worked. And so when the first character died, I was like, all right, cool. Now we're going to restart and it'll just be the same thing. I didn't realize it was going to restart like, okay, cool. But the story's progressed. You know, I'm not going back to the first day. I'm continuing on wherever I left off and going through and making these choices and fleshing things out. And I was able to talk my way out in the second one to get across the border. I was very happy for that. But what I found with it, and I want to talk about it more with Janet here, not Road 96. What I found is that even though I enjoyed my time with it, I can't be motivated to go back to it off stream because also this week I played uh, as Dusk Falls, which is that Xbox play- PC exclusive game from the former uh, Quantic Dream devs, the female-led studio. And I, I got to do, a, I'm doing a preview of the first two chapters of that for XCast tomorrow. And I really fucking dug it and really thought it was good. It was really oh, yeah. the story. And so this one, this story for Road 96 is a bit, I would say sillier. You know what I mean? Like it's like, it's serious shit of right of like, you know, a, des- a despotic leader and like all this horrible stuff happening in your country but then it's also like very goofy like you know telltale like graphics in terms of like you know uh, tales from the borderlands kind of has that vibe to it i feel like but i'm enjoying it but then it was just like it did the thing i didn't like with narrative games where like you know even even though i was a, sec- a different character my second time in my one playthrough i met this cop named fanny she told me about her son who had ran away okay fanny yeah that's right and then uh i ran into that son and at no point in the dialogue choices was it was i able to be like you're fanny's kid i know i know she's like no 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 you don't get to use that information here like oh that fucking sucks like that is like you know the glass i'm bumping up against the glass here where i know this is like you know a video game fake experience kind of thing but janet you did you beat it did you beat road 96 I didn't beat it, but it's because I it's another classic ENJ game. So, you know, it's never finished. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm playing it with my brother. He started it with me on stream and we're like, we love this game. It's awesome. But it was on PC and I don't have like a great setup to have two people comfortably here uh, to begin with. So I'm like, I don't know, do on my off time, do we want to sit back at my work desk and boot up Road 96? Not really. Um, But I got it physical as my first physical PS5 game because my brother, um, got me a couple like gifts as like being his best man so i got like a t-shirt and he got it's like i wanted to get you a ps5 game because you know you talked about not having one that you really want one but then i had to figure out what is a ps5 game that you don't already own that also has a physical like retail release not just not like an im8 bit release no offense yeah. i'm a bit but you know it's not easy to access those um at like on a quick run um and he came up with gta5 which i already had so I went to return it to GameStop, and then I got this and stuff. Uh, it was I was about to be like, what a thoughtful gift. He went through all these things, and he found Road 96. No. 
No, he thought about this one. Cause he's like, I thought about this one. He's like, I know you do technically own this, but like you don't own it on console. He's like, but then I, I, I couldn't remember if he had GTA Five or not. And then he's like, then I was thinking back to because he listens to PS I Love You. He's like, I was trying to think back to the episodes, and I'm like, does she have it? It's like I asked Isaiah, and she's, he's like, I don't think she does. I'm like, no, Isaiah fucked up, and I don't know why he didn't just look on the console or ask me. I would not have been like. He's certainly asking because someone's buying me a game. Like, I would not have thought that. But anyway, it's fine. I had a good receipt. Um, but I, I really liked it. I thought, um, I feel like it approaches because it has that sort of roguey type nature to it. I feel like the approach to how it does storytelling was pretty novel. Um, I felt like the choices mattered. I felt like it had some of that heartfelt kind of Life is Strange vibe, but with less cheese than Life mm-hmm. is Strange sometimes has. Because kind of, even though it is, there are moments of comedy, I think it is holistically darker for sure, um, at least, for sure. At least on the surface, because I do know Life of Strange does get dark, and if you play True Colors, you know there's some like dark shit there. But usually, when you're yeah. starting off, it's like we're just hanging out and we're at the jukebox and we're like, you know, fucking drinking Capri Suns on the in the park and talking about bullshit. Um, this doesn't have Capri Suns. This is like you're fucked up. Your life's fucked up. You're trying to get across the border. Crazy shit's happening. People pull guns out on you. Like it's wild. Um, and I really like this game, and I regret not finishing it in time for more kind of notable conversations around uh you know best narrative or story and things for last year or so do you think um, it, yeah do you think it would have made it in those conversations though because like that was my yeah, thing is i i really I, liked it a lot i played a little bit of it and i don't know what it is that didn't compel me to play more because i like i was looking for i was really looking forward in road 96 both from the aspect of like it being this rogue t- style game had me in and also like anything that's choose your own adventure like make your own story i'm all, i'm like all the way into and so I was like, okay, cool. I'll give this a, sh- a shot. And I played for maybe about an hour or so. And I remember like, I remember starting off in the car, having a conversation with the person that was driving me. And then we got to a camp and I was like looking around for the camp for whatever would take my progression forward. And like, after a while, I was like, all right, this is, this game is not helping me like figure out mm. how to make any sort of progression just because like, I had to like talk to multiple people, figure out like how the fuck to like get the key to the car to go to the, go to go to the place. And in all, in all of that, I didn't really feel like there was much going on narratively and like in terms of like character and stuff that was going on there like it felt i I thought the procedural elements of it felt cool and interesting but i never found myself fully into the narrative at least for the the portion that i played yeah that's fair i I really liked what i had played but i have not finished it yet so we'll see if my opinion changes or evolves as i continue but um what about greg do you think you are gonna finish or you think it's just gonna kind of burn the backlog on the dash no, no i like i said my set we set, finished episode two i think uh, and i i made it across the border and i was like i feel good here like i don't feel like there's i don't think it's, it hasn't done a good job for me of establishing any character that feels real that i want i'm like oh i really wonder what's gonna happen with that it is very much like all right well they this president clearly sucks they want me to vote for flores and like the first guy we met in a non even like it like one of the first one of the first guys we met in in, in that that's just that a guy we ran into in this bar or whatever and he was missing fingers i was like oh this guy was involved in the bombing in a a decade ago or whatever right and then you know like 13 three conversations later that came up i'm like all right yeah i just i don't feel like i'm fine peeling back layers of the world i feel like i'm very much like all right cool you're you're doing stuff here and that's neat but like i'm i don't i'm not compelled to come back i want to play oh um how was uh kid a I have not gotten to Kid A yet. Uh, well, what is your excuse this week? Because I last week I said, I can't wait to hear your excuse this week. And this is the week. So uh, as I, I told you, I was in the mood for an RPG. So I tweeted out. And so I started playing Tales of Arise. I'll have you know. I just also started a uh, weird West today. I'm enjoying that quite a bit. I need to be I need to be able to sit there 
and just get lost in it, Janet. You know what I mean? But it's very, it's very tough over here. Our nanny's sick, so like we're, you know, I, I, my gaming time's so limited here with Benjamin. I can't wait to hear your excuse next week on the show for why you. And what have you? Been, what did you pick to play this week? I'm working on the Horizon Platinum. That I'm also. We have different things we uh, harass each other about playing. It's like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> it's not. Um, but I finally started continuing it because um, see, it's how remo- I finally started to continue. So I don't have it yet. Spoilers. Um, but I played it because I did a charity stream earlier this week, um, in which we did not. Hayes of 2000 to get Blessing to Play Days gone, which I was shocked by. We were only $200 away. I feel like I feel like we dropped the ball there. It's but as if the world knew. They're like, don't let yeah, this, I don't don't know. Make this man play this game. A Blessing paid off people to donate things, through a different uh, third party <laughs> so that it wouldn't come through, uh, but that we took out the money. But anyway, so I was playing Horizon for that. Again, it's progress is slow because I'm really just there for the vibes and I'm getting the platinum along the way. So I don't do that much strategy towards targeting certain trophies for the most part. So I only gained, like, I played for like four or five hours and I only got like one or two trophies during that whole time. Um, but I did finally do my last, I think my last cauldron, or it, maybe it wasn't my last cauldron, but I got my last tall neck, oh, nice. which is like hidden away in the world you know that was cauldron, super right? annoying was like, okay. when i was when um, i was trying to do that when i was trying to get that trophy i'm like where the hell is i'm going over the map going over the map and then i finally yeah i i did actually i was well lucky and unlucky it kind of depends on how you look at it like i knew where it would be because i had seen isaiah do it uh, um, which which was kind of a bummer because i'm like oh so this is cool the spoilers but i'm like it's also not that you know it's not that deep it's like you just go inside this building and whatever um but i did that i just did some like you know hunting around some random side quests and yeah still enjoying the game still having fun i'm now at um let's see where am i I'm on the trophy tracker i am 64 percent through at 39 of 62 trophies um so yeah next ones i want to work on um riding all the regular mounts i don't know i don't know if i have the overrides already crafted so i'm also crafting some overrides to like make sure i can do that um sure. for those then i'm gonna do i think uh one that involves investigating all the rebel camps um healing the land gods which i know it's like a very popular side quest like i think barrett had done that and talked about how moving it was or whatever i just didn't end up doing that uh, recover alva's data and then all cores overridden are the ones that i'm kind of next on my list and then me- meanwhile i'm also working on like level 50 because i'm at level like 42 so those okay. are my next okay. objectives as I sort of walk around the world. But I don't know when I'm going back to it again because I, I don't know if I want to make this a stream thing, if I want to do some of it off stream or whatever. So I kind of have to just figure out what's the plan here to get to the end. But we're getting I do, there. I do want to shout out that uh, the tall neck that you're talking about, the one that's kind of hidden, hidden away, because for me, that was like maybe, maybe my moment of the game. Like when you're coming up out of the thing and you're riding the oh, tall neck, yeah. I was like, this is the coolest shit to happen in a video game to me in a very long time. And like, I was sad I couldn't talk about it on like reviews or whatever, because I didn't obviously don't want to spoil it for me, for people, but it's been long enough now. Like that for me, I was like, oh shit. At the end of the year, I'm bringing this up as like, a, if we have a moment of the year conversation, this is definitely in, in contention for me. Yeah, they had such good, I think they do such a good job at like creating those like set piece visual moments. Um, yeah. While also it just being a gorgeous game, like while I was streaming it, a lot of people in my chat were like, man, this is a really nice looking video game. And I'm I, like, yeah, I, they did a great job with it. I love when games know how gorgeous they are and they give you like the views and stuff to appreciate it. Like Elden Ring does that, I feel like every other hour where I find a cliff or a hill or something where I'm like, I look across and I'm like, dude, 
Somebody thought of this because this looks like a painting. I can't believe <laughs> yeah. this looks that good. And that moment Horizon was one of the ones for me where even just the experience of going into the place and then seeing what's going on and seeing like one of the tall necks hanging down. I'm like, oh, sh-. like I took a screenshot, uh, a vertical screenshot so I could set it as my phone um, lock screen, which I think it's still oh, my, cool. it is still my phone lock screen. Yeah. Um, such a cool looking, such a cool looking area. And then, yeah, the moment of coming up with it is so fucking cool. Yeah. Oh, I do quickly want to shout out too. I did a, as part of like charity incentives, I did a challenge of like getting rid of some of my weapons, like unequipping some, but then people were like, oh, you should do like a no bow run and see what that's like. I'm like, sure, let's try it. And if I die way too much and it's boring as hell, we'll just change it. Um, and that was just fun get, experimenting with more of the weapons. Um, I definitely wish, you know, for Horizon 3, if that ends up happening, I would love oh, kind of to be funneled towards more of the experimentation. They do some of that with the hunting grounds, obviously, but there was stuff there that like I just don't use as much. And then I'm like, oh, this is like that weird and I know some of y'all like used it, but like the bolt gun thing I never really used. And it takes because it takes fucking forever to reload and charge yeah. it up. But that shit like hits. Like once you like are at a certain level and you have it upgraded, like I was taking things out like with my bare hands and it was pretty freaking cool. So I had it was kind of nice to be reintroduced to combat in a new way after like what that 60 hours of playing I'm in now. Uh, but yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I hope they add, add in a few more weapon types. Uh, in Horizon I don't like 3. that boomerang one, though. I can't catch it. There's not enough Oh, I feedback. love the boomerang. I like the boomerang I haven't, how, do, how do you catch it? Because I haven't been able to catch it yet, really. I think you're, you stand in the right it's place, the right? It's the timing thing, isn't it? No. Yeah. Like, you have to, like, well, some people recommended dodging into it, like, to catch it. But there's no visual that. that you caught it. Like, I did I, it once, and I'm like, did I do it? And people were like, yeah. I'm like, how was, how, how, how would, would I, I know I did that? <laughs> yeah. I get that. Yeah, I don't remember there being a visual. I'm like, I think I just like assumed usually if I got if it came back to me, I'd be like, okay, well, I got it, and I'll keep going. I think yeah, I like, it's usually one of my last ditch efforts, and I would just like do it, like watch it ping pong around while I rebuilt whatever I was trying, or you know, uh, crafted yeah. whatever I was trying to craft. Also, satisfying to do is like throw that thing, and you just hear it clink against <laughs> all the different. I think enemies. I need to get farther away. Is what a lot of people were saying because at first mm. I was like point blank range, just throwing this at people. Um, so in a bigger open space, because the last time I tried to do it, I was far away, but I wasn't in, in the cauldron. So it's not a very big space because it's enclosed. So, sure. yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I'll try it again. Carla, two, or, two to three more weapon types for Horizon 3 for me. Just for me. Just two to three just, more. Just for that'll, be, just for that'll be the sweet spot for me. Bless, um, what did you pick to play on PlayStation this week? So I, I want to give a shout out to Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. That's the PS Plus game for the month. And I hopped back into it because the day before it went live for PS Plus, they put out an update for it where they mentioned how they've added in items and they also added in voice acting. And those two were probably my biggest asks for Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl because if you played it before the voice acting, you just felt so barren and so empty and lifeless. Uh, and like the gameplay is good in Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. That's the thing that I've always appreciated. Like that game, I thought played surprisingly well for a Nickelodeon Smash game. Playing it now that they've added in items and they've added in the voice acting, I think makes it way more um, filled with life. Is you it know, real it voice like, acting or is it just like like random is, clips from shows that they were in? It is real voice acting. Okay. It is legitimately them reacting to getting hit and doing their moves cool. and all that stuff. And then also it's them doing the character intros. And so like when you start a match, right? beforehand you would see the text dialogue pop up at the bottom of helga saying to spongebob what the fuck are you like you're not a human she doesn't say that but like <laughs> I, man, I would download it right now if she said who the fuck, well, what are the you? fuck is this giant sponge with eyes i don't like this get me out of here arnold help me football head uh no it's not that it is but it is you know the characters actually saying the lines that they uh, put in there which was above and beyond what i thought they would do i didn't think they'd even do that but they did which i i, I think helps out a lot for again adding in the person 
personality. Like now it feels like a full game, weirdly enough. Like I went through the arcade mode the other day and I was like, oh shit, this is actually really fun. Like this is a, th this game I think should get more credit for how good of a Smash clone it is. Obviously it's not anywhere near Smash and like, I don't think there is a Smash clone that's anywhere near Smash, but like I would put it up against the multiverses. I think multiverses is one that is getting a lot of like um, shout outs and praise right now because it is, it does have a lot of those elements that you that people wanted from Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl, like the voice acting, like the fan service stuff, like the character interactions. And Nickelodeon has that. And it also, I think, has, in my opinion, a better better base gameplay. Like, I really like defining mechanics in All-Star Brawl compared to, to multiverses. Um, and yeah, like, I hope I kind of hope the games continue to learn off each other because I would love to see multiverses kind of uh, polish its stuff out and make that, make that game feel a, bit, a little bit more uh, grounded and, like, uh, even more weighty, I guess, in its fighting game feel. Um, but yeah, that's my quick shout out to Nickelodeon All Star Brawl. My actual what I've been playing is Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. Um, that's another one that went free to play um, at, earlier this week. I played it on a stream with actually Roger and then also um, Mike and Gary Witta and Barrett Courtney. We played for about three hours, and that game continues to be a blast. And the new stuff that they've added in for it, um, I think, really elevates it. And I don't. I, Honestly, it's been a while since I played Fall Guys, so I don't know how much of this is new stuff, but we did like a squad, um, like squad uh, uh, lobbies where it is us playing as a team. And so like the higher all was placed, the higher our team does. That was the first time I did that, and I had a blast doing that, and we were dominating because, you know, me, Mike Barrett, Gary Witta, and Roger Corny are some goddamn gamers. Can't stop them. Can't stop can't, can't be stopped. You know, can't be, uh, we're unfuckwittable. Um, and so we did that, uh, had some fun with it, and then also the new the new modes and challenges I think are really fun. Um, I don't know the actual details of it. Like, some like Mike, I'm sure we'll talk about it on Xcast and be way more accurate with it. But they've added in like these arena modes, which I think are just you know less um, a lesser amount of players. And so I think it's like 38 or something like that compared to uh, having more than that. And you know, I liked all the stuff in there, right? Like, there's new uh, obstacle course challenges, which I which I always love. There's like a volleyball mode that I'm terrible at, but I have a lot of fun with. And when you're playing that on squads, they queue that up as 4v4, which is really cool. Like. I think that they this update has been the most I've been into Fall Guys since launch. My only uh, qualm with it is that it's not running as well, um, specifically for matchmaking and connectivity. That stuff has been a bit of a nightmare. I wasn't able to play on PlayStation uh, on the day of launch. And I know people on Switch have their own complaints there as well, too. It seems like the game isn't running well on there. But on PlayStation, I wasn't able to get in, so I had to switch to PC, which was a bummer for me. Um, but... Aside from that, like, I'm sure that stuff that's all going to get ironed out, if not already being ironed out right now. Um, but actual, actually playing it and having fun with it, it's such a fun time still. Uh, and so, yeah, shout out to Fall, guys. Shout out to you, ladies and gentlemen. You've made it through another episode of PS I Love You XOXO, your PlayStation podcast. Remember, each and every Thursday, we gather on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames to record a brand new episode for you. If you don't want to give us any bucks and get a show ad-free, get it with the post show we're about to do. Get it with your names read, be in the trog chat, all that jazz. No big deal. You can get PS I Love You XOXO every Friday on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roofstreet.com, and podcast services around the globe. Uh, of course, you'd have to listen to the ads. Of course, uh, you want to be able to be in the trog chat. You want to get the post show. You you wouldn't have as much fun as you possibly could, but we respect you nonetheless. For now, we have a post show to do where we will be answering Lucid Dream's question of which game or genre do you wish you were better at? But until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.